Hello and welcome everyone back to the Reader Copy Podcast. It is Wednesday, August. I just looked at it and I forgot already. August uh, the 18th, Wednesday, August 18th. Of course it is. Yeah, I, I remembered. Uh, <laughs> my name is Chris and I'm joined by my co-host Daniel. Yes, I'm also joining you here on obviously it is August 18th, obviously. <laughs> it's today. Duh. The doy. Uh, we're back with a brand new episode. Yeah. Uh, if you didn't catch it on Monday, we're back with a recap also. Yeah, that's on your feed. Check that out. Uh, of course, Disney Plus launched their What If series, and we just had to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, spoiler alert, I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, those Marvel guys, those Disney guys, they've got something going on. Cooking yeah. up. Pretty good. I know. Not bad. Not bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how are you doing? I'm not bad. It's a, It's kind of a heat wave this recently right now. Sure. So just like getting going to the car, you feel sticky right away. Yeah. I'm not with it. I purposely park, even if it's farther, I want to find like shade parking. Oh, with the thing? Yeah. Because if, even if it's not like really hot, if your car's not in the shade and you park for like an hour and come back, it's like a sauna in there. Microwave. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I have like leather seats now, or like, I don't know if it's fake leather seats, Leather, but it's like sticky hot. Uh, Not loving the heat with everything, but uh, I've been, you know, with like the AC that you have in cars, they're pretty good. Yeah. So you kind of think like, I don't need the uh, those those covers that cover your windshields to keep the heat out. Uh-huh. I, I use them now again because it's just I need to prevent this heat from from entering my body. It's just yeah. too hot hitting me. I need to get those. I don't have one for my car. I have the foldable ones that are like, uh, yeah, perfect. Do you remember? This is what I want because I can't find them anymore. But in like the eighties, nineties, oh. the cover like the windscreen windshield cover for the sun. Yeah. It wasn't like something you put up or like fold and pull out or or like the accordion style, cardboard style or anything. Uh, I remember my dad had one that you suction cup onto the passenger side. Oh, yeah. And then you like roll it down like a rolled up like curtain across the windshield. And then, and then it hooks onto the another suction cup on the driver's side. It's almost like a, like you're rolling out some wax paper, like a big sheet of it to yeah. cover the... Is that, is that like almost the most effective? Because it's like... Well, it's just the easiest, but when you're not using it, it's still there. Like it's kind of just stuck on your windshield. Yeah, I kind of remember that. Did it ever fall off all the time? Or, I can't remember. Uh, not... A lot, because like uh, the suction cup did pretty good. Yeah, but yeah, every now and then it would slip off. It does sound like it's like an old school thing that people people were not getting right yet. I mean, it looks ugly. Yeah, <laughs> it looks terrible, but. I would do it now if I could find one. Just to have it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, we're, we're figuring out our, our own ways to kind of prevent the heat and kind of uh, outsmart it in a way, right? I splurged and got uh, like the really good um, winded tint, window tint. Yeah, I know. Uh, so I, I, when I'm in your car, I realize like, I can feel the difference. Yeah. And I, I paid a little extra for that. Yeah. The, the higher grade film that they use. To get the to black out the heat rays? Yeah. I can feel the difference. I'm thinking about getting it, but also my car is not that new. Is it worth getting it anyways? I but your car has it in the back already, right? Yeah, my car has this like big window in the back because of the way it's set up. Yeah. Um. So I think that was an effort to keep the heat in. There's like more heat that could enter if it didn't have that tint. Yeah, definitely. I think I had a friend once that her, she bought a used car and the previous owner had tinted it all around. Cool. Um. But she used it was like limo tint, like dark, solid, almost like. 
you can't see through it at night. Like from the inside? Even from the inside. Oh. She had to remove it. She had to remove it. How yeah. do you even like can you even drive? It was tough for her to drive at night because looking out the back, you just saw like glowing dots as the headlights and nothing else. You couldn't see anything. Yeah. That's bad. Okay. What I also need to get done on mine is like getting the new windshield wipers. Cause if you have that on top of the dark thing, you can't yeah. you probably can't see anything. Yeah. Okay. Wow. I, you remind me to you know, get my car washed. <laughs> All right, while I'm getting my car washed, why don't you explain how the show works? Here on the main podcast at the Reader Copy, we uh, first talk about the comic book news. In the middle, we'll talk about a cool comic book. This time, we're jumping into another Valiant comic, Archer, Archie, Archer, what is it, Archie? Archie and Jughead. Yeah, <laughs> Archer and Armstrong. And then we'll finish up with our comic book news where we talk about our uh, entertainment that we came in this week. Anything you watch, video games, things like that. Cool. Well, let's get into the news. We were just talking about this last week. Yeah. Are you excited for the next Venom movie? Um, uh, After our talk with like the trailer and everything, I was pretty trepidatious about the way it looked. Uh, Woody Harrelson coming in, taking up Carnage. Uh, I wasn't too excited after seeing that, but also maybe my uh, my thoughts were wrong because that's how I felt about the first movie, right? Yeah, and you enjoyed the first movie. I did, yeah. Yeah. You went to the theater to watch it. I, I did. I did go to the theater because it was a totally normal thing back then. <laughs> so. So suffice it to say, you're probably going to go to the theater to watch the second one. I I don't see why not. Yeah. You're probably going to go on September 24th, right? Because that's the release of the movie of Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Oh, you're going to look so moated when you go there on <laughs> September 24th. <laughs> moated, bringing that back. Why Why moated? Because it's not coming out September 24th anymore. It got delayed three weeks and now it's coming out October 15th. We're still delaying movies. Yeah. I guess I guess it's getting there. Okay. It's stupid Delta variant. Yeah. Pushing everything back three weeks <laughs> who thought that would be the the biggest villain i thought it was gonna be carnage the serial killer oh let there be delta variant okay <laughs> That's bad. Um, yeah, they're late to the party with delaying things, right? Delaying, they're delaying yeah. with this. Uh, so it, it's all seems like it's because it's Sony specifically is one delaying stuff. Right. Um, other studios, Disney, Fox, Paramount, what right. have you, they have options outside of a theater release. Right. So they can uh, half you half it, right? Half mm. streaming, half in-person theaters, right? right. To coop that way. Sony does not have that option because they do not have a streaming service. Get up with the times. What are you? So old, Sony. Yeah. <laughs> You're so old. Our, ours is coming up soon on that, right? <laughs> <laughs> So they don't have that option. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Shang-Chi comes out in September. Oh. So maybe they're mm-hmm. like, we need to give a little bit of space for that. We don't want to uh, lose that on sales because some people might still be watching Shang-Chi. So let's move back away from that. And um, also away from Eternals because Eternals is in November. So let's pick a sweet spot right in the middle, October 15th. I see. Um, not to interplay with the other comic book movies, right? Yeah. It just seems like an awkward awkward time to do it it's pretty close to them almost releasing the movie just just three weeks to delay it not yeah. even a month yeah do you think it has to do with like this movie some might think it's like a scary movie so let's go into halloween season oh okay i could see that i mean venom's kind of a scary character eats people mm-hmm. and on top of that i think carnage is gonna ramp that up a bit right hopefully yeah. i'm hoping mm-hmm. so that that could work out you know work into the october field of everything i mean wasn't uh the first venom an october movie already i feel like it was i don't remember when that came out i think it was it was a lifetime ago yeah it felt like it 
it. Yeah. Tom Hardy, he was a kid back then. Because, <laughs> uh, correct me if I'm wrong, this should have been a 2020 release. 2020 back then? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think everything I think got pushed. a lot pushed. of movies should have been a 2020 release. I think like everything was, yeah. Yeah. So, it's already delayed a lot. What's another three weeks? <laughs> okay, sure, sure. Uh, does this have anything to do with the Spider-Man stuff? Could they have already oh. been mixing the stuff together? I mean, you know, with... It feels like that's all made by Disney. Uh-huh. The, the Tom Holland Spider-Man stuff. Could the could there be a reason for that? Maybe they are connecting it together now. They need just three weeks to finalize that. <laughs> it does feel very Doctor Strange to me that uh, we have not seen anything for the next Spider-Man movie. <laughs> <laughs> Lame. <laughs> Right, uh, just the teasers about the not even a teaser, not the, even a poster. Teasers about the names, right? About like, oh, we're selecting No Way Home, um, like fun stuff with the actors, but no actual like said, footage, no teaser trailers, no trailers. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we even have posters yet or, or stills. They're not real posters. There's some like stills that show nothing. Like it's like Peter Parker and Ned talking. That's it. True. So that's right. not like anything. You could have said this was from the first two movies. I would have believed you. Right. It's just them looking i think at something i think zendaya is there and then the people are speculating that's dr strange in the shadow right there's that oh, yeah um but no real no real footage yet i mean i don't know why, why are they doing that i don't know like i i my guess is this movie is gonna be big and they don't want to get spoiled at all they're promising a lot uh there's already like people speculating they have like posters in movie theaters do you see that I think, yeah do you think that those posters are real no i think they already confirmed those are not real and that the theater that put them up pulled them from the internet just to build hype but they're not official for <laughs> their movie theater <laughs> yeah they're, the movie theater is trying to just promote business for themselves funny okay i don't even know the name of the movie theater okay and yeah, and there's a there's some fan made stuff that looks amazing i gotta say yeah that look i like... could tell a real poster from a fake poster though yeah but it was also far away the pictures if it's not tom holland's face front and center it's a fake poster and like a new picture of tom holland yeah because if it's just a bunch of spider-man that's not how you sell a movie you got to put the actor's face on it and big and right in front so if it's just spider-man i don't think that's a real poster okay hmm. it, it doesn't sell just because you can't see a human's face on it yeah yeah you got to see the actor's face you got to see zendaya somewhere and like whatever jamie fox yeah but, if that's gonna sell stuff yeah. but um, uh we went but, on a big tangent we're yeah. talking about venom <laughs> <laughs> if you can't talk about venom without talking about spider-man somehow <laughs> that's true that's true um, so it got delayed again. Bad news is, do you think everything's going to get pushed back again because of the, the wave, all these movies? No, because I'll, I'll just say like, I can only speak from like an American point of view. I don't know how it is globally. Yeah. Americans are stubborn. Sure. And once we, you said, oh, we can start doing things again. You can't go back. <laughs> we get it. We get a taste of freedom again a bit. Yeah. You're like, no, you said I could go out. I'm going to go out. Yeah. The and theaters are open. Mo- that's majority. So it's like theaters open i'm gonna go watch yeah yeah okay i'm sure there's a large portion that's like no i still don't want to go watch so a three-week delay would not really change anything i think for them yeah it's not like i'm not gonna go now but i will in three weeks i don't think that there's anybody like that convince them yeah so i i don't get the delay but my only guess is to move it away from shang chi's release oh okay it just seemed like they would have known it was it was there they could have pushed it back earlier than than this not push push it back earlier um but 
maybe there's like some hidden meaning, hidden reason why they're, they're pushing it back. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm right. not sure. Final touches. Yeah. You think three weeks is enough time to do final touches? Like, does that know. give you much time? You have to submit it to the theaters. Uh, oh, is that how it works? They yeah. hold on to it? I mean, no. Yeah, I mean, to, to show it on screen, you have to send it by a certain time. Yeah. Okay. So, I don't know. Yeah. The... I've been, I've been I've been talking about Venom. I've been thinking it maybe the first movie was worse than I remembered, but I was flipping through the channels. I saw it again. I was like, this is not that bad. The, the Venom looks cooler than I remember. Yeah. Tom Hardy, maybe he's the the New York accent. He did better in other movies with a New York accent, but it's fine. Mm-hmm. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> uh, and the action of like Venom jumping and like he's like an animal. Yeah. I kind of want to see that again. What I like is I like when Eddie Brock is around and he's Eddie Brock. <laughs> yeah. I like when Venom when he's Venom and Venom's doing some action. What I kind of don't like is the in between when the Venom symbiote is kind of like this sticking head arm out of him and just talking to him. It's like a new thing for the movies, right? Uh, I've seen that in the comics every now and then, but yeah. it just it doesn't. I don't like it in the movie. I think what's unique is like when he's in regular clothes and then the Venom is like this little yeah. Snake that's what thing. I'm talking about. Yeah, I don't I, like. That. I don't like that. Usually yeah. he. In the comics, he's a full suit, and then the venom kind of pops out a little bit. Yeah, you know the or difference? or it's just talking in his head, right? Yeah, that's it. Looks cooler, more like a like a science fictiony thing, mm-hmm. but when he's just in a regular thing, it looks like a costume. Yeah, it just looks weird when that he has like a third arm with a head on it. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I don't know if, like you said, I don't know if the personality is gonna be great in this new movie of the Venom symbiote. Yeah, kind of weird. You know what's interesting mm-hmm. is they announced this delay in the same week that Marvel announced Shang Chi will only. be be in the theater same time yeah hmm. so maybe that's why they moved away because maybe they thought some people will watch Shang-Chi at home and those people will spend money at the theater oh. with Venom but now that those people have to spend money in the theater for Shang-Chi maybe a lot of people don't go to the movies twice a month right. only once a month eats up the event of the going to the movies yeah so right. if you push it to another month October now you get a whole set of people that uh, are willing to go again because they don't want to go twice a month breathing room okay yeah. I wonder if that's kind of a uh, the strategies of some of these uh, movie companies was like figure out who's streaming their movies online uh-huh. and they can kind of take up the the, the, the movie theater tickets yeah. that way. So a lot, a lot of uh, movies now are earning more than I would have thought because there's no competition. Right. Yeah. right. Like, because they, they some of those people just watch it at home. Yeah. So like movies like Escape Room 2. Is like, that doing okay? I think it made a lot more money than I thought it would. Really? It was like number two at the box office. <laughs> I can't believe it if it's like one week. I, I think it's only that because there's no other movies coming out. Okay. Uh, it looked like kind of a bad premise, but also the first one, like some of the effects of it look kind of cool. I was kind of interested. I've never seen the first one. You know the you premise, like, right? Yeah. Do you like these kind of like low budget horror movies? Uh, No, not really. <laughs> but that would pique my interest a bit. All right. Uh, I haven't seen the first one, but I saw the trailer to the second one. <laughs> I know this is not Marvel Comics anymore or anything, but there's a scene where they they escape from like a manhole yeah. in the trailer like oh we're free we're out <laughs> even that was fake is a big reveal that they had in the trailer yeah yeah i know you're talking about <laughs> Um, yeah, all right. Maybe that's going to be better than Venom. Maybe I we'll kind of want to see that. <laughs> but again, Sony does not have a streaming service like like Disney. Peacock l- even. Like Peacock, yeah, on NBC. Or Warner Brothers has like a deal with HBO oh. and DC Comics and the third season of Doom Patrol. Yeah, it's finally coming out. One of my favorite DC shows, Doom Patrol, one of the weirdest ones. Um, and finally, season three is coming out after season uh, one, uh, season 
2022 ended very abruptly because of covid like it's right it was like they finished the whole show except one episode it really like left you with a cliffhanger yeah right yeah like is this show even gonna come back yeah that got me worried right <laughs> Uh, you know, after, how is that all going to shake out if they're going to return for everything? I think mm. they, they knew they would, though. So this is definitely like your corner of comics. This weird stuff. Yeah. Let me ask you this. I watched the teaser for season three. What the hell's going on? <laughs> Did any of it make sense? Um, no. Okay. <laughs> so, um, a common thing is like just throwing random characters for absurdity's sake for Doom Control. Doom Patrol. Uh -huh. they, so they have like in the trailer, you can see there's a, a brain machine thing. Yeah. His yeah. name's just Brain. He's a classic Doom Patrol villain, I think. And there's like a Monsieur Mala, I think, is this like soldier gorilla. So the... <laughs> I saw that. Very weird characters. I think this is like a common, like very popular Doom Patrol uh, evil team against them. So they showed up, in, I think, in the DC uh, Justice League cartoon back okay. in the day. Yeah. So a very common thing. Um, apocalypses happen a lot in this in this show. Uh -huh. And so they're kind of returning from one, I think, in season three. And it kind of settles down a bit. But these big events of Apocalypse is not what you kind of watch it for. You kind of watch it for the character developments of these kind of messed up people on the Doom Patrol team just judging from the small clips i've seen and stuff yeah is the show kind of like hard to follow honestly it seems like a mess no not really it's okay. kind of it's kind of easy to follow there's a there's just a lot going on with each individual character they have their own stories they're their team but it's almost like they can they have their own story and they like deviate on their own uh like time by themselves sometimes huh. so they're it's not really that confusing it's definitely right. weird and absurd yeah. that's kind of the point with a grant morrison voice around every Thing. yeah but it's not it's not confusing i would say so judging from what you've seen season one season two does it get better like as it progresses do you think season three is going to be really good i think season three is going to be really good if i just have this more of the same that's all i want because they're so weird um they kind of come from different times each character like they have different vibes mm -hmm. they they all in their way kind of feel ageless and so that kind of has like a weird tone to the show um, so it's not realistic at all. And that's fine with yeah. me. It's all just supposed to be, uh, confusing and the absurdity of it all um some of these characters i don't know like there's one like howling butt in the in the trailer did you see that is that a butt i think it's a butt i think it might be the other side i don't think so <laughs> okay there was this like like dog butt thing that was like <laughs> growling at the screen that's definitely a thing that would make sense here oh man um but uh last season the center was on uh this like kind of ape girl character that was supposedly gonna bring up the uh, end of the world and uh -huh. is kind of the whole point was to stop that from happening and i don't we don't know if it ever did with uh because of the way it ended in season two so maybe the world did end you know it might might have happened <laughs> as we get into season three does it bother you that they just copied x-men oh my gosh <laughs> the doom patrol is a very old comic book came out the same i think the year before x-men so does it bother you that they just stole the idea <laughs> Like, why? Doom Patrol totally just like a wheelchair guy with weird characters. Oh, let's copy X-Men. Not what happened. <laughs> X-Men, there's a long tale of how X-Men is the, the popular comic book, but in truth, Doom Patrol was the originator. The, the, the team of supposedly like super, they were kind of called supernatural. The X-Men are like, like sci-fi experimentations. Okay. Um, same thing with Doom Patrol. It's the same idea. Yeah. Guy in a wheelchair, super smart guy, bringing them together. It's just like Doom Patrol to copy something and then release it a year before the, uh, the original. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I think I might try to catch up. It's an undertaking just because uh, I don't know if it's your vibe. I don't know if it, you're going to like the weirdness. If you like like, that makes no sense. And because uh-huh. it makes no sense, it's kind of a laugh. Okay. That's what I like from it. All right. I'm much more a fan of the Titans show. Yes. Right. Yeah. Uh, I think that got uh, season three out already, right? Yeah. I think uh, if not a couple episodes, I think at least episode one dropped already. Yeah. We haven't seen it yet. Yeah. I haven't had time to check it out, but I will soon. And uh, since you're not watching Venom on September 23rd, you can watch this on HBO Max because it comes out September 23rd. Oh, exactly the same time? Yeah, the first three episodes are going to drop right away, and then it's every Thursday after that. Okay, that's good. Maybe maybe that's what Venom was scared of. It's scared of Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol. <laughs> this is too weird. We got to get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, moving on. Lastly, I want to talk about all these movies getting created from comic book stories, right? right? And they're so much money involved pulling these stories directly from comics, sometimes multiple different storylines converging into one good movie, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you could draw a line directly from what they're copying. Sometimes it's like straight up from scene to scene, like they acted out, uh, like the director is holding up the comic book, do this, do this, do this, yeah. and then they do that. You know, I read the comic the storyboard of the movie is just cut up comics right exactly (laughs) maybe that's why they did a good job it's just copy what you have on page yeah because we don't have to pay these creators that much (laughs) Um, the Guardian came out with a report. Now, this is just for Marvel, but apparently Marvel pays comic book creators when their stories are adapted for movies a whopping $5,000. Right? Well, that's not it. They okay. also get a ticket to the premiere of Ooh, the movie. All right. That makes it even. Hot ticket. <laughs> While the movie itself makes like $100 million. <laughs> oh, plus. Right, right. I mean, they, they weren't promised. A movie is going to ma- get made of their creations. Mm-hmm. I mean, how do you feel about this? $5,000? $5,000 is literally like a drop in the bucket for Marvel when their movies come out. And like, no, like the creators of these stories, these characters, like you would not have a movie if they didn't do the, do the work. Right, right. Uh, $5,000 though. They didn't explicitly say, said like what level of Marvel character gets us 5000 Maybe the more popular ones like uh, would get more, like the Captain uh-huh. America's, the Iron Man's, or even like the Guardians. Maybe they get more, but... I don't think so. This 5000 might be those very side characters, you think, possibly? I think it's like some don't even get anything. Yeah? Yeah. And it, it's like, I think if they give you credit in the credits, like special thanks to whatever, and it's like a list of like at most 10 creators. Sure. Those people get $5,000 and everyone else gets nothing. Wow. Okay. $5,000. I mean, those are the characters that make like the the popular stories of these characters. Sometimes right. they'll even have uh, a cameo. I wonder if they get paid more for those cameos too. Like it's a bump. That's a reason to pay them more. I know like uh, Brubaker was in like Winter Soldier. Jim uh, Starlin was in Endgame. Was he? Or yeah, he was in Endgame. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Kelly Sue DeConnick was in uh, Captain Marvel. Yeah. Yeah. I I doubt they get paid extra. I think they do. I think it's just a way to t- no. like add on top of this five thousand. I think you get a craft service his meal and then a ride home (laughs) (laughs) if that Um, there are some special like exclusives that they get some characters some creators I mean yeah some get like uh, executive producer credit oh like we're talking about the popular creators right yeah I, I think I could be wrong but I think like Rob Liefeld got like oh some producer credit during the Deadpool things Deadpool yeah. movies but that's a very like limited thing like not everyone's getting that at all yeah that was kind of a unicorn movie in yeah. itself and Rob Liefeld Liefeld has not been quiet about his uh, 
efforts into making Deadpool. Yeah. Even though like it's a totally different character now. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so that, that's a unique thing. Um, I think a lot of the people that get paid a lot for the creators, let's say, are the ones that also work on the storyboarding and the story of the movies. Like right. you know, Brian Michael Bendis's, they get invited to these writing camps before they plan out the movies. Right. Mm-hmm. I think I, he's probably get, like, maybe he's the creator that gets paid the most for working maybe. on these movies. But they get invited because he is so like deep into the creating of that character. At least the storylines, yeah, I think. Yeah. So right. some creators, even though they 100% made the character, like if they don't have like the long run of writing for that character or drawing for that character, yeah. I think they get kind of like pushed to the side. Sure. They might maybe get a credit in the name credit. They're but. like the idea faces for these characters. They're not the uh, building out the personalities maybe or the right. popular stories like said uh um if if a creator feels like they deserve more money uh someone said in the source to the guardian that they could apply for something called a special character contract right is that like when the movie's already out yeah or announced at least and they kind of say like i feel like i deserve more and they could send in an application to and like a, a reasoning to like say like i think i deserve more than five grand sure but really you're just asking and marvel has a hundred percent the rights to say like no you don't yeah and your you name. can't appeal right yeah that's part of like the deal and it's like take it or leave it marvel is just the biggest as it might be the biggest comic book company but it's definitely yeah. the biggest comic book studio company movie studio company well disney yeah yeah that's what i mean yeah, yeah. um so they have they have you you know at their best, right? Yeah. With everything. Pretty much. Um, even if, before we even got into movies, Marvel was really good at, you know, controlling their creators. That's true. Right? So, I mean, I just carry that over. Maybe they even let the the, the movie studio know this is how you handle things. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it's just enough to keep them quiet. Yeah. And honestly, I think five grand, like, they're not even obligated to give them that, contractually obligated. It's almost like when they give it to them, I think there's kind of like, here's money I don't even have to give you. So, just be happy with this yeah it's yeah. kind of a somewhat a slap in the face but Kinda, it's yeah. a slap in the face with five thousand dollars i just feel like they owe these creators a whole lot more than that i i, I think they definitely deserve it yeah contractually i don't know if they are allowed it that's that's true right um whether or not you created something at the end of the day marvel owns it yeah yeah but also there's the, the added, added effort of the writers themselves making this story of the movie mm-hmm. so i don't know what I'm about two worlds because writers artists Draw, uh, the drawers, <laughs> pencilers, pencilers, inkers, artists. whatever. Um, they're artists, right? Yeah. If you flip it to music artists, hmm. when an artist makes a song or whatever, right? And then the label owns it, right? And the label puts that song on streaming. The artist still gets something every time that thing is streamed. Like a cents on uh, the dollar. Yeah. Very little, but, you know, that adds up to something substantial. Gradual thing, yeah. Yeah. And I know music and movies is totally different, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like the creators, they're getting like a flat rate, a very small flat rate right in relation to profit whereas music artists they're getting something they could live off of uh by the work they've done just through streaming i think those music artists it's let's like way out in the open right the music artists are talking directly to the people taking in the music right so they can have a bigger voice about getting a better contract and saying no or whatever and they have a lot of options do you remember this is a couple years ago but the writer's strike in hollywood a little bit i mean 
No, I don't think I was. Yeah, well, involved in it. all shows and stuff just had to stop. Were they kind of crappy? Oh, that's when we got like reality shows. That's when we got a reality show boom. Yeah, but like uh, all the writers stopped because they felt like they weren't getting a fair cut because a lot of things were starting to stream. Oh, that was why. Yeah, because like they would get a cut when things were um, what do you call it? Reruns were played on TV, but not streaming. Syndication. Syndication. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how you make money is when the shows get syndicated, right? Yeah. Um, you get a cut, but not streaming. And streaming was how shows were getting consumed now. So they did the strike. That's when like late night hosts were not doing monologues and stuff because they didn't have writers. Do you remember all this? A little bit. <laughs> but also, the, you know, the that's what their problem is. Is there stuff, writers, are? it's going to be a, a TV show, right? And they get yeah. the cut of that possibly. Um, but with comic books, they were maybe prompts to cut of the comic book sales, not them being movies. On top of that, uh, that's another thing. It's like a totally different medium that so, just happened to be graced with your car- comic book characters. Okay, I guess I'm playing devil's advocate because yeah. I, I still think they deserve more. But because uh, you're a fanboy, yeah, I admittedly yes. <laughs> I bet Marvel's like, well, if our actors wrote a comic book, we would not give them any cut of that. <laughs> <laughs> And the actors. <laughs> yeah. That, they're, they're writers, the, I guess. The creators or, or the, the director. Like, if we made a comic book out of a movie, we're not giving, we're only giving $5,000 to the director. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point, you know, maybe. Yeah. I, this is only Marvel that, that the Guardian, like, had uh, confirmation from outside sources. I mean, come on. Do you think, but, do you think the other ones are doing the same? It could be less. Could be less. Yeah. Could be nothing. Well, it'd be funny if DC came out like, we're paying our creators six thousand, <laughs> five thousand and one dollar. <laughs> or it's like five thousand uh, to get to the movies and a guest, and a guest, and a large popcorn. Oh. <laughs> Just scan your barcode, you know. <laughs> oh man, drinks are extra. Yeah, the front front row of the yeah. theater. <laughs> Oh, man. I would love to go to a premiere, though. I'll say that. To a premiere of these Marvel movies? Yeah. Can you imagine, like, the getting to meet? Do you, I mean, at these premieres, do you meet everybody, or is it just you're just posing for pictures and you watch the movie? Well, I, I, I've i never been. Is there a social? But I think, you you know how they have, like, the red carpet. Everyone takes their pictures, so they're sure. all staggered, right? Co-mingle. And then once they get into the lobby, you could, like, mingle. Okay. And then... Hors d'oeuvres. It'd be like, ding, and then everyone takes their seat. Oh. It's like an opera. It's like an opera. It's like... <laughs> It's like a theater. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'd love to go, to go in. We got to get big enough to show up on this red carpet. Yeah. The reporters don't, they're not in the theater. I didn't get a watch too. No, they go to other screenings. Oh, yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. 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 I, I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually been to like a, a preview screening once. For what? For Doctor Strange. Really? Yeah. When? How did you make your way in there? You friend of a friend of a friend. He's Doctor Strange. He's Doctor Strange. <laughs> friend of a friend of a friend. Teleported like, you in. Uh, a reviewer for like a newspaper, a movie reviewer for a newspaper. Oh, cool. And then they invited a friend. That friend invited a friend, and the, that friend was my friend. Invited me. And they had a plus three. Like, how did it make it all? all I think the way it was like you? a friend invited a friend. That friend couldn't go, so they invited a friend. That friend couldn't go. I see. Okay, so you're going to this premiere. With somebody you don't know, you're sitting next to them. I mean, it's just give you the ticket and you sit wherever you want. I see. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, I can go. Uh, I thought it was like you're just sitting next to the guy and you're just thanking him the whole time. Thanks, He's like, man. who are you? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, I'm kind of jealous of that. Yeah. It was Doctor Strange. So it was like a not the best Marvel movie. Where do you put that? Is it in the exact middle? Uh, it's in the like 
55 percentile really so like better than middle but just barely there's not a lot of bad marvel movies so it might be it might is that exact. wrong 45 percentile am i going the wrong way i don't know yeah i, th- I think uh i think it's below the middle because oh, it's just, below the middle yeah i think there's there's better movies i mean i think the effects push it just slightly better than average it's my expectations for what i wanted dr strange to be and the effects were just a tad bit off from what i wanted really i, I really like when he they're performing like the nurse is trying to save him and he's like an that was kind of cool that's cool that was fun yeah there's like other not just effects but the look of stuff mm-hmm. uh what's his name uh mads mickelson yeah he looks like a rave girl with the <laughs> with the glitter in yeah. his eyes i don't know marvel definitely has like people say they have good villains i think they have the worst villains out of all of them just because they're clone of their yeah a lot maybe not doctor strange but the other ones yeah i mean it is every marvel movie their villain is just a copy mirror image of the hero the the darker image of yeah. the character yeah iron man fights iron monger iron monger um black panther fights his cousin who has a black panther suit yeah right right gets gets the the cooler version yeah sure and, and even dr strange fights another sorcerer well the, yeah, that's expected i think he's kind of different in the fact that he um I mean, we don't really get that much of his character that's what i kind of don't like maz yeah and he's a great actor he is yeah all right well i guess that's it for the news <laughs> Um, I, I'm looking forward to Venom 2 catching up on Doom Patrol Season 3. Are you actually? I gotta watch the first two first. Yeah, there's that. Yeah. And then I, we'll let you know if Marvel's paying more money to the creators. Right. It's gonna take a while. We'll have to create a comic book ourselves, get that made to movie, and we'll Find let out. you know. We'll yeah. let you know how disappointed we are with $5,000 for sharing. I'll just take the premiere tickets, please. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So I could Thank sell those probably for probably more than 5000 Yeah. <laughs> Can they do that? Uh, Scalp them? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, if you haven't already, I would ask that you please subscribe to the Reader Copy Podcast. We're on all major podcast platforms. And for now, we got two shows every week. So check us out. Absolutely. And find us on all the social medias, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We're at the Reader Copy Podcast. Find us over there. All right. Uh, time to get into the meat of the show, the comic book this week. It is Archer and Armstrong. <laughs> We have done three other Valiant comics. That's right. Have you already? Yeah. Wow. Valiant uh, is a very interesting comic publisher, in my view. How so? Because uh, it kind of looks like the two big ones, but is not those two? It's just, it, yeah. It's not as popular as, of course, the Marvel and DC, but it is the third biggest shared universe in comics. Shared universe, really? Yeah. Their comics all take place in the same universe. Their characters interact with other characters. Yeah, I would say the modern ones do yeah yeah because like image had a connected universe when it started off i don't know uh, if it's still around no it's totally different now yeah valiant started around the same time as like image in like the early 90s oh really yeah yeah it was like that era two kind of stuff like that okay and it was very 90s yeah yeah muscles pouches mm-hmm. audacious uh, babes <laughs> <laughs> they then got bought out by acclaim entertainment around like mid 90s yeah that was right. like a video game company we talked about before right and then then um, that stuff I'm not super into. I was definitely uh, more of into Marvel at the time. Oh yeah, okay. In the, in the 90s, and then jump to like 2000s, they kind of go bankrupt, right? Ah, uh, yes. So then they get bought out by these two guys, <laughs> two dudes on <laughs> yeah. a comic book company. 
they're a big comic book fan, so they they took that, got like funding, and pretty much reboot the whole thing, relaunched it around 2012. Like the whole universe, yeah, a whole like, new a team of people to make it to, and they have like a whole new like game plan for it. It's like release less but more quality stories. Yeah, and I'd say from what we've done of Valiant so far, pretty good batting average. Yeah. Um, Valiant, their line, reboot line, started in 2012, and they had kind of like titled that The Summer of Valiant. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, it took a whole summer. They had a plan of releasing four titles initially, mm. one every month for the first four months, uh, and we did them in order. Oh, we did. Uh, first off, the first thing that they launched for their whole new company reboot, Exo Man of War. Really good book. Yeah. Listen to that uh, podcast. That pretty much like sparked the, the, the rebooted Valiant universe. Yeah. I could say that. You could put a lot of eggs in the first basket, right? right. Makes sense. Next up was uh, Harbinger. Okay. Yeah. Right, right. Kind of their X-Men type thing. Right. Yeah. That kind of expanded the universe. Uh, the third one, <laughs> Vin Diesel. <laughs> <laughs> the third one was Bloodshot. Bloodshot, right. Vin Diesel fell in a bucket of white and red paint. <laughs> Um, I would say like just from an outsider's point of view, someone that's maybe into comics but not into Valiant. Yeah. I, I would say like Bloodshot is like the most iconic looking like if I thought of Valiant, I think, okay, Bloodshot. Yeah, that's kind of true. Uh, I don't know if it's their best one though. I don't. Yeah, maybe not. Yeah. I enjoyed Exo Man of War a lot. And, a lot. And even Harbinger a lot. I thought it had potential, but I don't know if I loved it. Yeah. Definitely in the 90s, Bloodshot was like their guy. Really? Was yeah. it like the, the cover guy? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I didn't know that. Because 90s. I was in there. Okay. <laughs> um, and then their fourth one, to co- finally complete the Summer of Valiant. Uh-huh. Today, we're finishing up with Archer and Armstrong. And this is kind of like their adventure, but also humor comic book. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. Fun duo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, a lot of them have like unique backstories i think mm-hmm. like you wouldn't expect from right away yeah i like that from this book too yeah it definitely has that that vibe yeah mythology or whatever um like i said we're doing the rebooted one right this came out in 2012 we're doing the first trade which is the first four issues of that like next phase of valiant right okay um this trade is called the michelangelo code he's a party dude <laughs> <laughs> mikey that guy yeah <laughs> And it is written by Fred Van Lente. Lente? Your guess is as good as mine. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know him personally. <laughs> um, he's done a lot of work with Marvel. He's done a bunch of like Marvel zombie stuff. Oh, okay. And um, you know how like Marvel will do like noir versions of their characters? Spider-Man noir. Probably the most famous one is Spider-Man yeah. noir. He worked on the X-Men noir. Interesting. Yeah. I wonder what the vibe of that one was. If it was a yeah. popular or not. Do you like those when they take like their mainstream character and they put them in like a different situation like noir or I know there's like ones where they're like pilgrims. <laughs> what? For a ba- for uh, Marvel stuff? Yeah. It's like I didn't a, know that. It's like Marvel 1785 or something like oh, that. It's like yeah. a weird number like old time. Those are different. I think I it's a different vibe. It's so but, funny to see them as pilgrims. I like the idea of the noir stuff. I think the 17, whatever, 80, what, I yeah. think that's, uh, those are kind of cool. I think Neil Gaiman did some of those. You know what I would want to see? It's like Marvel Civil War, but like, Civil it Civil War? takes place in the Civil War. <laughs> Don't be too deep into it. <laughs> too real. Too real, I think. Yeah. Iron Man's fighting for the South. Exactly. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I wonder how he made all that money. Exactly. <laughs> what, what side does Captain America lean on that, right? Yeah. Where's, where's America's soul? <laughs> 
Um, but anyway, <laughs> Fred Valente also worked on um, Power Man and Iron Fist. Do you, like, do you like those characters? Luke Cage? I don't know if I do. I mean, I like Iron Fist. They're there. Yeah. Iron Fist is kind of fun. So he definitely worked on a lot of Marvel stuff. Okay. Another thing he was involved in that's kind of cool, he worked with uh, an award-winning writer named Crystal Skillman. Oh, right? it's a unique name. Yeah. And they wrote a play that was like funded through Kickstarter. Oh, wow. All right. Yeah. This play is called King Kirk. Kirby. Have we talked about this same writer in the past <laughs> Maybe. recently? Maybe. Yeah, I think we did. He made the Jack Kirby play. The Jack Kirby play. Wow. Have we done one of his books recently? I don't know. It might have been you, because I think I remember you talking about the Jack Kirby I did. Play. Yeah, absolutely. I did. Okay. Maybe. Uh, all right. I forgot which book we're talking about. I forgot too. Um, but yeah, that, that's pretty cool. He's also been like nominated for a bunch of awards. Um, he's been nominated for a Harvey Award for humor comics. So I think he definitely fits that that mold and is a good writer for this book, Archer and Armstrong. Nice. Okay. Kind of the humor stuff uh, out of the Valiant. The artist for this book did the first four issues, Clayton Henry. Yeah. I kind of like his style. Yeah, I, I do. The thing about Valent, especially like the relaunch, they get artists that kind of draw similarly. So all their books have a, a look to it. Yeah. I think they were trying to get a consistent through line. I feel like the same universe. Because mm-hmm. uh, even on top of that, they have like graphic design work that's mm-hmm. in the front and the backs of the books. Yeah. Where it's like kind of really too consistent almost. It kind of feels too the same. I don't like it. You don't like it? I think it's... No, I don't like it. <laughs> okay. Um, Clayton Henry started his career doing independent comic books. Um, one of them was... Uh, it was like called like The Nine Rings of Wu-Tang. And it was about the Wu-Tang Clan, I think. Oh. I never dug the Wu-Tang Clan in that much. It was, I think... Bef- There's too many of them. <laughs> Nine of them, right? Yeah. <laughs> it was before my time. Yeah. It's definitely a, a New York rap thing. Yeah. I, yeah. It's kind of a, a coastal thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you're more of an NWA guy. I think so. I genuinely, yeah, I think... <laughs> He then got uh, hired by Marvel and he did a bunch of like X-Men related stuff. All right. He did uh, X-Men Unlimited. Uh, he did some work on the Exiles, Alpha Flight, um, even like the new X-Men stuff. He did a book called Apocalypse versus Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? I don't who, know. who do you think wins? <sighs> I mean, how do you beat Dracula? How do you beat Apocalypse? Well, I, I, if I was Dracula, I would try to infect him, get make him a vampire, and then he's I'm the leader, right? He has to follow my orders. I think that's how vampire logic works. Okay. It's just kind of hard to bite him. Yeah, because he's so big. Yeah, he wears like a costume the whole time, right? So it would be hard to get at his neck. Is there's, it like that. back in time? Like during um, medieval time? Because Apocalypse is super old. That's true. He's older. Yeah, he's Egyptian. He's Egyptian. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't automatically mean is ancient Egyptian yeah what yeah what is that yeah I'm saying there could be a present day Egyptian he's not older okay Uh, yeah you're right but I'm just saying he is Egyptian yeah yeah um I think Dracula still wins just because we'll have to play we'll have to read the comic actually we could do that yeah um let me ask Clayton and see how he drew it I wanted to ask with like those X-Men titles like Mm -hmm. Exiles uh X-Men and did you read these like the X-Factors these side X-Men teams I I couldn't because I was a kid and I didn't have have a lot of money oh okay so you want to for sure get the x-men so yeah main titles I'm buying something i gotta read the main thing or save it for like next week's x-men comic yeah okay. and honestly like i did buy a lot of comics but i was also heavy into collecting the marvel cards oh so a part of my budget was allocated for that too marvel masterpieces yeah i and i don't know where they are now so i'm killing myself i want to i remember start them. over i remember seeing them somewhere you have a binder somewhere here yeah i don't know ah, damn it okay <laughs> 
Um, again, this completes our summer of Valiant. Our summer of Valiant. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Love because it. this is the fourth one. Um, there's more titles that come out later, but the four we did are the initial four, and then after this, they really start like inter intertwining with each other. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Maybe they have some events kind of tying them together too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, maybe we'll get into those one day. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Um, this book stars. It's kind of like a buddy cop thing, buddy road trip kind of comic book. Do Duo, right? Yeah. Right. Uh, obviously, it's Archer and Armstrong. Uh, Armstrong is this big galoot, fun-loving, drinking kind of guy. Burly kind of wino. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then Archer is this like really serious... I think he's young, like only like 18. I, I'd call him a Boy Scout. Yeah. Very polite, well-mannered assassin. <laughs> Skilled assassin. Yeah. Now, the book actually starts off like way before even like known history of humans. <laughs> right. Bef- they call it prehistory, I think yeah. is the word. Yeah. I love that. And it's almost like the civilization before the real civilization that we know. Before like the logged possible history, right? Yeah. Um, we see this two brothers bickering uh one is named aram mm-hmm. and the other one's name is uh i think it's like ivor or something like that ivar ivar very weird names right yeah. and these are ancient names this is supposed to be like ancient mesopotamia mm-hmm. there are like pyramid kind of right ancient pyramids here right they're wearing like you know old school robes and stuff yeah they have guards that are just carrying spears right it looks like they're in uh, like some kind of like pyramid or ancient castle or something like that maybe like those mine type of pyramids right those like not the exact triangle shaped ones, the ones that have steps. Okay. Those yeah. are the ancient ones, right? right. The and ones that are made by aliens. <laughs> if you say so. <laughs> um so these two are like like royalty, I think, in this society. I think so, yeah. And they're like the leaders. And you just get that vibe. Yeah. They don't say it, but they're two brothers. Yeah. They're actually fighting about their third younger brother who is deceased. He's like laying dead already wrapped up in front of them. I think his name is Gilad the third. Yeah. The third younger one. Um, and Ivar is saying like, I'm going to use this magical interdimensional machine thing that they have discovered to bring him back to life. Right. They call it the boon. The boon. Yes. And it's like this weird like monolith with like. Slab. A, it's like a slab monolith with like a sphere in the middle glowing sphere. Right. Yeah. Blue. And he. This is like a foreign power to them that they have like acquired here's that those ancient aliens we're talking about yeah, kind of thing go. yeah because yeah. they are like the leaders of this society this civilization right yeah and these brothers and he's like i'm going to use it to bring resurrect our younger brother but aram is like no you don't know what you're doing you don't know the cost you don't know exactly what will happen and he's yelling at them right but the oldest brother ivar is like i'm gonna do it no matter what right right gilad they say was like the best of us we have to revive him it's the only way um and this kind of ritual they're about to start it gives us stargate type of feel to it right yeah yeah. there you go um ivar is about to like power up this monolith or whatever Mm -hmm. Uh, aram to stop him he starts like killing these guards that are like holding him back just so that he can stop his older brother from doing this um he even like dives to like try to he's ready to kill his brother his older brother to prevent him from doing something that he might not know how to control could be bad irreversible type of thing as aram tries to get to him and ivar is yelling to the crowd there's like a crowd right out of this pyramid like hordes of people saying 
this is what I'll take to return Gilad. Yeah, and he doesn't care what it costs. And it's too late for Aram. Uh, Ivar has activated this thing. It's like a big blinding light, and it, it kind of like pushes everything back. And even from like, there's a shot from like space. You yeah. can see the Earth. A big blinding like light has covered the Earth. Gigantic light, like bigger than you can yeah. imagine. Essentially, this wiped out the Earth at this point in time. Yeah, this is like the uh, eradicating like the society of the time of, right. of what all of Earth was. At yeah, the time. so like the human race is now starting over for this point like, apparently yeah um i like stories like this i i like how this one specifically it's taking back the origin it's kind of a unique idea going back to ancient mesopotamia mm-hmm. i think that's pretty unique i don't know if i've seen a lot of things do that because you'll have like norse stuff or egyptians and that gets kind of played of in comics regular history yeah do you remember the show uh fringe yeah of course yeah there's a thing out in fringe in the later seasons where they get a book oh. and the book is about like like the time before time the people before the, your people or something like that time before pre-known history yeah i forgot what it was called it was like the people before time or something. Yeah. the land before time that's different <laughs> Littlefoot and him do you, do you believe next <laughs> do you think do you believe in like something like this do you I, buy into that kind of conspiracy i believe that uh the human race is so old yeah that there there's definitely stuff that we just it didn't survive this long so it got erased already wow yeah i totally believe it atlantis type stuff could be yeah mm. but i also believe that the amount of time the earth has been alive like the amount of time living things have been on earth yeah and the amount of time it's been humans is like a fraction compared to the whole life of the earth i drop in the bucket yeah. yeah humans will come and go like our race sure species yeah will be like one percent in the whole less than one percent of the whole life of the earth of the earth makes you think maybe there was something a different species that was up to our level of intelligence at a certain point I love this Asian yeah. aliens type talk right yeah. now. <laughs> we're, turning, we're both turning into dad. We were riding dinosaurs back in the day. <laughs> um, speaking of back in the day, yeah. we, we cut to modern time now in the book. Hmm. But we're at like this amusement park history museum thing that is like Bible themed. <laughs> right. It's kind of a whole themed is fundamentalist type of thinking throughout the whole thing. Right. Right. Um, and totally like that idea of like people were walking right next to dinosaurs. or It's very like anti-Darwin <laughs> Darwinism anti-Darwin theme park right right um, very kind of a Christian type thing and we see that because in the middle of it there's this gigantic uh, Noah's Ark in the middle <laughs> yeah. of it they're like these are like attractions at the park all right kind of fun yeah I, you know it's kind of novel if you go to this something like this <laughs> but buried deep inside this giant ark is actually like a facility uh-huh. uh, that uh, is being run by the owners of the park which is uh, one is like a reverend and one one is like a congresswoman, congresswoman. So that's like a um, husband and wife, right? Couple kind of suited up the whole time. This couple, like a really pristine looking couple, yeah. and they also have. Um, they're overviewing this one kind of kind of like a kid, like a teenager right. that's training right now, fighting off other younger people, um, trying to be an assassin as he fights off these like kids that trying to attack him. So apparently like this couple has fostered a whole bunch of teenagers yeah. that they've been training to be killers. In the middle of this theme park. Yeah. A Bible themed theme park, <laughs> right? 
Um, but they have one, the one that's in the middle, Archer. Uh-huh. This is Obadiah Archer. Uh, he's actually like their blood biological son, but he sees all these other foster kids as his real brothers and sisters, and they're all, he's like the best one of them. Right. Uh, you can see like they pull out like the skills he's using as he's fighting off these other teenagers. There's like Krav Maga or Capoeira, right? Yeah. Taekwondo. And he like knows all of these. They're in his skill set. Yeah. It's almost like a taskmaster. Yeah. Yeah. We kind of wonder who would win. And he's like fighting off all his foster brothers and sisters. <laughs> they go down. To prove like he's the best because it's like a final trial for him to be finally sent off on his their like mission that they've been training their whole lives for. Ah, okay. And their mission, his mission, is to go out in the world because they're kind of like Amish. They're kind of like they've never been into the real world yet. Right. It's a, it's like they've always lived in this theme park their yeah. whole lives. Right. right. And his goal is to kill what he's been taught as being like the antichrist this evil being and it's like he who is not named or something like that he who will not be named he, yeah voldemort yeah <laughs> go kill voldemort <laughs> so he's like prepared he's like trained his whole life so he's finally leaving right and um, this is totally like his uh what's they call uh the, the rumspringer rumspringer right yeah. where he's going out into the regular world um, specifically going to New York, like the seediest type of city in ever. Yeah. <laughs> so he's kind of judging all the cityscapes of the, you know, degenerates of New York. He's very much an uptight Boy Scout type of thing. He <laughs> he wears this blue shirt with a star on it, like a white star. Yeah. I think it's poking fun of Captain, Captain America. Definitely. Captain Boy yeah. Scout type thing, right? Um, As he's leaving, like all his foster siblings are like there to like wish him well. And he's like the first one to like actually leave, right? Yeah. But also remember, like, he was training against them. So they're all kind of, like, beat up. <laughs> <laughs> Bandaged up, right? But they're all just like, you can do it. We believe in you, right? And one of them is named uh, Mary Maria. Yeah. And, again, this is, like, his foster sister, but I think they got, like, a crush going on. Weird thing going on. Yeah, yeah. And she's almost, like, second best. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Because I think the, the couple didn't pick him, even though he was uh, their uh, blood child. Yeah. They, she still, like, picked him out of the bunch. He seems to be the best, most skilled. Right. And she like hugs him and kind of they kind of like have a moment but she also whispers something to him like don't ever come back oh. right once you're free don't come back what? like this is your chance to get out right and she's like okay bye <laughs> and leaves <laughs> yeah. and he finally makes it to new york and it's like you know when like forrest gump goes to new york right and he's just like in awe and shock of everything with lieutenant dan he's like <laughs> seeing all the lights um it's like you know new york at night it's i wouldn't want to be in these streets is kind of so sketchy right. right imagine this guy who's never even been outside of his like home yeah considering i, I, don't, I don't have assassin skills but there's mm-hmm. that too <laughs> now he has been given this it's almost like a metal triangle like a gold one and apparently this is almost like a homing device that's leading him towards his mission to kill this evil being he who will not be named right and it leads him to like this little dive bar in new york yeah really uh crummy looking place right maybe like a, a biker bar right and uh, you could see like a bunch of bras being hung up at, against the wall it's like you know right kind of a gross place cd place there's this guy that's like kind of like you know taunting a woman yeah he's like come on like everyone's all the ladies have done it it's like part of tradition to put your bra up there on the above the bar kind of a really handy type of guy the woman's like no no but she's like smiling like flirting right yeah and he doesn't get it right yes archer doesn't get it obadiah obadiah Mm -hmm. and he like jumps in and just like flying kicks this guy (laughs) in the face like leave her alone right (laughs) Uh, the the lady the 
that was uh, kind of being harassed. I was like, don't do that to the guy. Like, yeah. didn't like that. Um, he was sticking up for her and punches Archer in the face. Yeah, I was like, what are you doing? Like, she liked it, even though she was saying no, right? Okay, yeah. Yeah, I mean, she's that type of bar Lady, patron. Okay. Meanwhile, the bartender is talking to this big guy, right? This is where we meet Armstrong. Ah. And she's saying, like, uh, you got to help that kid. Every, all the biker guys are, like, beating him up, right? Right. You're the bouncer here. And uh, if you don't help out and bounce somebody, you're not getting your free drinks. And this is, like, a, a burly-looking guy. Um, black hair, goatee going on. He's, like, fine. He walks over. And he's just, like, he's huge, right? He's pulling all these guys off of the kid, right? And they, the kid and him, it's, like, they automatically become almost, like, partners because they're against everybody. So, like, back-to-back fighting all these, like, bar. Right. Right. biker guys and then the kid finds like okay thank you. you you definitely like saved me but then his device is like shining a light towards him huh. that metal triangle yeah and then he realized like oh my god you're the guy i'm supposed to kill that led me here right yeah. i'm supposed to kill you that's my mission um and so they break out into a fight when out of nowhere a gas can makes its way into the bar and knocks everyone out in comes these like these like super high-tech looking um soldier guys with like red hoods yeah they look like they're from the video game destiny yeah they look like a bunch of destiny weird guys (laughs) characters yeah um next thing you know archer is waking up and he's in like a dungeon and armstrong is there but armstrong's like chained up against the wall and he's like you finally you've woken up i've been we've been stuck here for a while so these guys are held hostage in this little basement and uh they kind of break into like arguments saying like you're the you're evil i'm supposed to be i'm here to kill you right like what are you doing in this little dive bar like who even are you and he's wondering like where they're at because it looks like straight up a dungeon like they're underground yes and Armstrong saying like if I'm right we're in Federal Hall on Wall Street what <laughs> like something you would not guess is in Wall Street yeah because uh, it's like he's been trapped here before oh he knows his place he's uh, experienced and explains that you don't even know what you're doing you're working for this organization called The Sect yeah which is like this um, underground uh, secret society right cultish mm-hmm. built into uh, what everyone thinks is society right, right? And it's made up of a bunch of like smaller like cults, right? Okay, yeah. Yeah. And Archer's like, I don't believe you. You're literally like the evil person that I'm supposed to kill. You might be the devil. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my parents have told me not to trust you or whatever. Uh, I'm going to go check out where we are. But when I come back, I'm going to kill you. Right. <laughs> That's what he says. Armstrong does say though, well, just so you know, your parents are part of the sect. Yeah. So Archer, he's got a bunch of skills. One of them is lock picking. Nice. Gets out of the, the prison dungeon that they're in. There's more of those like destiny looking guards, but he's able to just like knock him out, right? Easy. He's well trained. And when he gets to like the end of the hallway, it is straight up like eyes wide shut looking (laughs) arena here. Uh, Like a group of men in three piece suits, but they're all wearing gold animal masks. Like uh, most of them are these bull masks. Some of them are wearing these bear masks. Yeah. It's a bear or bull market out there. (laughs) Oh, is that what that phrase means? Yeah, that's why they're doing that. Did not understand that at all. <laughs> all right. Uh, this is like a cult. Totally. Uh, that's part of the sect, the big, bigger, like underground thing that rules everything. This small uh, cult calls themselves the 1%, you know. Yeah. Completely on the nose. Part of one, the Wall Street, right? And they're saying like, you know, they like worship the god of greed. Oh, yeah. 
Okay. But they're actually like video conferencing through their big screen. How ahead of their time? <laughs> Archer's parents. Huh. This is the Reverend Archer and like Congresswoman Archer, right? And they're pretty much saying like, we've captured your son and we've captured the big guy Armstrong and we have the piece that you gave your son. Ah. Uh, now the couple, they're kind of betraying their son now. They're saying, we don't care about the kid. We don't care about Obadiah. Yeah. We just want that metal piece back. Give it back to us. You can have these two and we don't care about them. Yeah. Obadiah is up in the balconies. He's listening and watching all of this. It's rocking his world right now. He's like, oh my God, Armstrong was right. There is like the sect. My parents is part of it. Everything I've been told and trained is a lie. Absolutely. He cannot, he can't comprehend what's going on. He's kind of like breaking down a bit, but those Destiny soldiers arrive from behind and he goes into action, fighting them off, throwing knives at them. He's got some real skills here, knows what vein to go for. He's literally like killed everyone in the room, even every one of the one percenters that were there for the meeting. And he is now talking to his parents over the video conference and he's saying like, you're liars. Like, how could you do this to me? Whatever. Yeah. You don't even care about me. The parents are like, they can't believe their son has diverted from the path, right? Like they kind of twisting it on him and saying, I can't believe you're going against the mission. Right. Yeah. They're saying like, you're, you're our son. You have to do what we say kind right. of thing, right? Even though they, they kind of betrayed him a second ago yeah they feel like they can just control him right he's just a pawn yeah and he's so mad he like shoots up the screen and he's just like his world is rocked now right yeah and then his head is physically rocked because someone hits him in the back of the head and <laughs> knocks him out one of the these bull guys right one of the one percent yeah um meanwhile armstrong is still chained up these destiny looking guys enter his cell but he breaks these chains and just tosses it at these two soldiers and they go to the ground yeah, and he is after... He doesn't care about the boy, right? Sure. He's just a random kid. Yeah, he's after his satchel. <laughs> yeah. It's a satchel. Indiana Jones has one. <laughs> uh, he knows that they've locked it up in their vault, so he goes up to the vault, and he literally rips the door right off the hinges. So this Armstrong guy is really strong. Right, and there's a lot of gold in here, but he, all he wants is the satchel. He gets it, and he like leaves out of there, and he realizes like the boy is probably gonna die. Oh, right, yeah. And he's telling himself so, like, who cares? The boy was trying to kill me. Uh, but in the back of his head, it's like the boy was only doing that because he's been lied to. He's got to do the right thing, right? Yeah, go back. Like, Damn it! I gotta go save the kid, right? Yes. And it's a good thing it does because they're literally about to like sacrifice this kid. Right. With this secret society stuff, they're about to ritualize this kid. Um, and he's strapped down to this, you know, spinning wheel, scary mm-hmm. looking thing. But uh, meanwhile, Archer is seeing this vision in his head. It looks like God is like, like a naked Jesus is talking to him. <laughs> Um, and explains who Armstrong is and how he's the key to everything will be your guidance through this. And he's saying like, you need to be with him. Mm-hmm. He needs you. You need to guide him, right? Like he needs someone like you because you're uh-huh. like the exact opposite, right? The straight and narrow. Right. Yeah. Um, and he's saying like, Armstrong, you need to like stay with him. Oh, really? So the uh, one percenters, they're about to literally kill Obadiah and he does like one of my favorite things in comics in any action. Yeah. He does a thing where you like, you clap your hands and stop the blade right before it kills you. Do you like that? <laughs> yes. I think it's cliche. Uh, Snake Eyes did it a couple weeks ago. Because it's cliche, that's why I like it. Oh. Because imp- I also think it's impossible. <laughs> you know, if I had to do that, I would. I think I could catch it sometimes. Yeah. And then it would start to hurt my hand after a while. I'm like, I'll let go. <laughs> and then you die. <laughs> I die. Yeah. <laughs> 
but he does that. He stops the blade from stabbing him. Sure he does. And then this is right when Armstrong like breaks into the room. He's like, don't kill him. I'm here to save you, right? But what he doesn't realize is Obadiah has already like knocked out everyone in the room. Surprised to see yeah, the, the kid's got some skills. And um, so Archer's like, I'm sorry. I didn't believe you. Uh, Armstrong was actually saying the truth all along. His parents were lying to him. Right. And he's saying like, you know, let's work together. It's in the title of the book. Yeah. And we need to take down the sect. Right. And the key to take down the sect is actually these metal gold pieces, right? And now Armstrong is explaining to Archer what they are because Archer had one and also these like one percenters had one. The one percenters had like, you know, like the eye of the pyramid looking thing. Yeah. In the, on the dollar bill. Right. Yeah. It's literally on the u.s currency yes i have something i don't know what it is but it's like the floating eye above the pyramid yeah it's uh, represented in this small metal piece that archer was laying on the whole time it was in that little spinning wheel right as armstrong takes it out of there and now they have two right so this is um i believe they call it like the fulcrum ah okay and the other one's called like the wedge i think they all have these like little unique names to them yeah and apparently like every weird cult of this sect has one piece or something like that it's like divided up yeah because because once you have all of them, this will unlock the power of the boon from earlier. Yeah, from the old civilization, right? It's the ultimate power. Nice. Okay. Um, so their plan is to stop the sect from collecting all of them. Um, specifically, Archer's parents are trying to collect them all and activate the boon. Yeah. So Armstrong and Archer are going to try and uh, beat them to it at each occasion and right. stop them. And Armstrong knows that there's someone that could help him, and they travel to Italia. <laughs> Italy. Italy. Grazie mille. You can't see right now, but I'm talking with my hands. <laughs> <laughs> it's spaghetti. <laughs> it's mom's spaghetti. <laughs> Um, so they're in Italy, Rome, right? It's funny because like huge ass Armstrong and Archer are on like this little Vespa. Oh, it's like Luca. <laughs> it's like Luca. <laughs> And they travel to like the Vatican, right? Nice, yeah. Where Armstrong meets like one of the his like friends that he knows from the past, and it's this nun who has like an eye patch. She's <laughs> cool, badass looking. Even uh, also has a, a submachine gun. Yeah, is threatening uh, Armstrong as he arrives, but realizes, oh, this is Armstrong. Sorry, I shot you. Uh, he calls her Tommy, but I think her name is like Sister Thomas something. Aquana, something yeah. like that. Really old, like you know, old Italian. Name, yeah nun type name and they're literally at like this old famous chapel right and he's talking about his friend uh mike mikey mikey yeah his old buddy mikey yeah we used to like drink all the time and he was very religious but then he started realizing like the church was doing things that he didn't like the vatican so he started messing with them and like putting like clues and things that In they don't art. know about yeah uh he's talking about michelangelo yeah the party dude the party dude <laughs> And apparently, like, he did leave, like, hidden traps and stuff, hidden uh-huh. treasures. In his uh, sculptures specifically, right? Right. Um, one of Michelangelo's sculptures in front of them is a statue of Moses. Right. And it's been, like, on display for centuries, right? Obviously, yeah. But no one knows. There's actually something buried under it, uh-huh. except for Armstrong. And he, like, hits it on the knee <laughs> so strong that it, like, it moves back and it, like, reveals, like, a hidden treasure underneath. Very uh, Da Vinci Code type of thing, right? Hidden in right. art, right? And the statue just moves like it's almost like a Zelda piece. Yeah. It's right. like, da-da. Yeah. <laughs> um, but 
underneath that is just a bunch of gears and also a puzzle piece. It looks, again, looks like a video game type of thing with a lot of symbols on it. And you got to move it to the right dial. Uh, and then Armstrong is like, it's all like all these symbols and you have to move the dial to the correct symbol to unlock it. Right. Mm -hmm. And he's like, well, I mean, obviously it's the key. So he moves it to the key and it's wrong. And like these giant chains like burst out and it's like causing the whole building to collapse almost. It's a, you know, a self-destruct sequence that Michelangelo built in. Who's an architect at the end of the day. And the whole building is kind of crumbling down, trying to destroy them, crush them. And then I think it's like Archer that realizes like the answer is the screw. <laughs> yeah. Because it represents like the torque. Ah, right. Okay. That's, that's what they're going for, for this piece. Right. Because yeah. that's what they're looking for. And so he puts it to the screw and the trap door like opens and they fall uh, national treasure style down into this like cavern underneath this like big like chapel that they're in. I like specifically the screw symbol that was on the puzzle. It's actually two people screwing in a bed. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's like, oh, he knew uh, Armstrong's humor and it was all just a friendly jab there. They're like finally landing. They're yelling at each other, right? It's like, you could have got us killed. You didn't even know what you're doing, right? Um, and then the nun looks like, guys, we're not alone here. And you look out and then there's like these really cool looking, almost like demonic nun ninjas. Right. Uh, they have like katanas at their backs and they have white uh, robes on instead of black. They look a lot like the scary nun from The Conjuring. Right. Yeah. This is again like another part of the sect. Oh. And this is the the Sisters of Perpetual Darkness. Scary. I guess they all just always live underground. They're in like the catacombs of the Vatican already. Right, right. Right. But they all got like swords drawn on them. And these nuns are really like ninjas. Like they got skills as they're trying to fight off Archer and Armstrong. And in the middle of the fight, Armstrong's like, I know a special move. And he literally calls it the cannonball special and throws Archer straight at the nuns. This looks familiar. Totally. I don't know if it's even legal that they mentioned it in this comic book. <laughs> but uh, not like in other comic books, yeah. not to be named. Uh, Archer is like not prepared for this. He's like, what are you doing? Right? He's like, you're literally throwing me. And he's like thrown a little too far. And he like goes through like this glass window and like goes through the wall almost into like another part of the catacombs. Uh, come to find out that some of the, these nuns have been fought off already or are already dead on the ground. Some arrows stuck in them. So he's like, there's someone else here. It's not just us fighting these nuns. Mm -hmm. But they handle the rest of the nuns. They continue on going through. It's, there's like a hidden library down here. Very national treasure right now. You're finding the library of, right. you know, Alexandria. Sister Tommy is like, oh my God, these scriptures, everyone thinks they're burned, but like there's so much we could learn from these now. Mm -hmm. And then Armstrong's like, I found what I want to <laughs> want to use. And it's like saved wine from like centuries ago. Right. 1700s wine. Uh, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> Sister Tommy realizes now from like the leftover artifacts where the screw is. This oh. is a, one of the pieces that on, open the boon, right? Right. What they're looking for. It's right in the middle of the Michelangelo piece where it's like the creation of man. I think so. Yeah. Where God is about to touch a dude's finger. Yeah. I think it's Adam. Oh, is it him? Yeah. You know, where they're reaching for fingers. Yeah. The, uh, the screw is actually behind the wall, right in between the fingers. No shit. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> But Armstrong is like super drunk now. He's drunk bottles Useless. and bottles of wine. Yeah. And he's like belligerent now. He's even kind of insulting Sister Tommy. He's like, you used to be young and beautiful. So rude. Yeah. Now you're like old. I can't <laughs> even look at you. 
Archer just like goes into outrage and thinks, oh, you're useless right now. I'm going to figure this out. I'm on flippity flip flip. <laughs> That's what he cusses. He won't cuss. Yeah. Right? So funny. Uh, he goes uh, looking for the screw right and he sees uh, like all the scaffolding to get up to that piece. So he's climbing up there, but he also notices a lot of the guards on his way there like have been knocked out. They're already dead. Yeah. When he gets up to the top of the scaffolding, he sees someone already trying to get the screw, prying it out of the wall. Oh. And this person has got it already. It is revealed to be Mary Maria, the uh, foster sister back at the amusement park. Right. And she's like kitted out in this like spy gear. And it looks like she's on the mission to find the screw. Right. She's surprised to see Obadiah there too. She's like, why are you here? I I thought you were like in New York killing the evil guy. Yeah. Right. She's like, oh, that must mean you already finished your mission. That's great. Yeah. Mission accomplished. Thank God. And she even like hugs him. It's like, oh man, it's so good to see you again. Remember they kind of like crush each other. There's a thing going on. She's like, it's cool. Like our overall mission's working. Like some of our brothers and sisters are already in other places of the world stealing these pieces from the other sect cults. Crazy. There's like um, the cabal in a certain part of the world. There's like some Hindu type of uh, uh, cults over there too um, that some of the brothers are, are stealing from. And it's just like people, like their brothers and sisters all over the world stealing right. stuff. Right. Like they're sent assassins throughout the world to gather these pieces. Mm-hmm. That's all happening at the same time. Uh, just then Armstrong barges in through the door, like drunk and buzz. He's like- With his wine. He's like, yo, like we did it, right? We yeah. found the screw. And then of course, Mary Maria sees him and he's like, this is the evil guy you're supposed to kill. She draws her pretty cool looking crossbow. Yeah. Shoots two arrows at him, direct shot into his eyeballs. <laughs> Each one. He cannot see a thing, right? It's like literally two arrows into his eyeballs. He's a good shot too, I guess. Yeah. And he's like, ah, I can't see. He literally has arrows coming out of his face. Yeah. Um, but he's still walking around and alive. Uh, and then out of nowhere, Archer decides to take the attack against Mary and um, kind of tosses Armstrong's jacket straight into Mary's face. He's pretty much saying like, no, I've learned the truth. We've been lied to. Yeah. He's not the enemy. Our parents are the enemy. They're lying to us all, right? Yes. And then Mary's like, um, I don't believe you. <laughs> she kicks die in the face. Uh, she says like, you're just jealous that because you're the, you know, the birth child, not the foster. And I can't believe you turn on us like this. And she's crying. She feels, she feels betrayed. It's um, funny that while they're doing this, having this, he's trying to like confess to her the truth. Yeah. Armstrong's in the background, like just screaming, like, I can't see it. He's like <laughs> trying to punch air. Like he's just swinging around. Right, right. He's a big dude, but he, he can't see it all. While Mary's like venting out, Armstrong sees behind him that Jesus looking vision again. Naked guy with long hair talking to him like, you have to protect Armstrong. Um, he is the entire mission. Right. So Archer knows like the satchel is where everything is, right? Mm-hmm. So he grabs the satchel away from Armstrong. But Mary knows like, okay, I got to get that satchel now, right? Mm-hmm. So she literally shoots Archer through the gut to steal the satchel. He drops the satchel and the arrow that shoots Archer, it goes through him and hits Sister Tommy like in the chest. Oh my. And um, that is a death blow for Sister Tommy as um, her parting breath is, is talking to Archer and he just kind of crumbles down as, as she dies and Mary is able to get out of there. Archer picks up the crossbow that Mary left and like this is like his new weapon now like okay I'm gonna use this to kill all of you guys right? Yeah. 
Um, and Armstrong's there. He's like removed the arrows from his eyes, but his eyes are still like regrowing back. They're missing. Yeah, from it's his literally eyeballs. like white, right? <laughs> He's like, I'll be fine. I'll just need a couple hours for them to, to come back. We cut now to um, Archer's quote unquote parents. Oh, right. Right. They're actually up in like the, the Himalayas now. To they've, Bend Mountains. Yeah, they've taken a helicopter there and they're there to see another part of the sect that lives up there. A these sub cult, right? Yeah. And these monks, they, uh, you know, they look like typical kind of Buddhist monks, except they all have uh, very thin mustaches on their faces. This reminds me, again, Taskmaster comic book. You're right. <laughs> Apparently... This part of the sect has already, like, started activating the boon. Oh, okay. And they're an offspring of Nazis. <laughs> I'll just say it right now. <laughs> these these monks are actually influenced by the Nazis. They have Nazi eagle swastika statues at their temple. And like, like you said, they've been building up the boon already and have some pieces. Yeah, and now with the pieces that um, the parents have brought, yeah. they can complete it and open the boon. And these monks are, like, they're so high intellect like they've reached a point where they don't even speak verbally they communicate telepathically with each other that's crazy they don't even talk so uh, enlightened they, they call themselves green dragon llamas yeah too, which is like what is, are they I don't get that no. but okay Archer and Armstrong has followed them there and it looks like a scene from like the climax of Inception like right in the snow snowy mountains they're trying to penetrate this like fortress that they have there right mm. so Archer shoots that crossbow to make like a zip line ah and they zip line to the tower, but like Armstrong's so heavy that it like dips down. <laughs> um, it, it just they just pass by the view of those Destiny soldiers that just happen to be guarding there too. Uh, again, Armstrong, his eyes are almost grown back, but they're not fully there. And they land uh, by this back door entrance, and this sparks a memory in Armstrong. He moves these gigantic leaf-looking sculpture symbols, and it's very uncharted the way he moves the, yeah. the, these symbols and it grants them entrance through the back door they're fighting off like all the guards now but they confront some of these like dragon llama monks yeah and these guys they're martial artists too so they're like putting up a fight against these two guys they know ninjutsu and they they have like all the skills like all of the memories of humans they can kind of draw upon too and have the skill set of almost anything as they fight off archer um and it's almost toe-to-toe except there's way more of these green dragon llamas mary Maria, I think she's like finally realized the truth because the parents are there and they are like activating the boon. Yeah. So she realizes that Obadiah was telling the truth, right? Oh. So she's trying to save them and she has the satchel that uh, Armstrong had, right? The satchel is like a magic satchel. Oh, is that what's going on? It's like an endless bottomless thing that he can have like storage. It's like a, it's like a Fantastic Beast kind of briefcase. Yes. Harry Potter. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Harry Potter had this exact same thing. So everything that Armstrong has collected through the years. He keeps in the satchel. Oh, it's in there. And she pulls out like like this rifle that shoots electricity. Oh, it's a Nikola Tesla gun type thing. Uh, it's a pretty cool looking gun that can shoot electricity. She uses it to knock out the monks and save Obadiah. 
Mm. Meanwhile, Armstrong reaches like the area where the boon is, and it looks like they've already like activated the boon. It's already done. It's already on. The 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 parents have activated already. It's glowing blue. And something has like arrived. It's a person, and Armstrong said calls it a geomancer. Hmm. Some type of a uh, kind of elite person that's tied to the boon. I think. Right. And now the dad, um, Archer's dad, right? He's yeah. like the evil guy now. He's like threatening everybody that he's gonna reactivate the boon and this is gonna give them like all the power right something like that yeah Yeah, but armstrong knows this is not gonna work Mm. so the dad activates it he turns like the knob to turn it on and the boon actually starts sucking like the life force of everybody in the temple right like gas his forms come out of their faces Armstrong is saying, you don't understand the cost. Right. How I've lived this long this entire time, it's not out of nowhere. It's taking the life force out of everyone around me. Even uh, Mary Maria now, her life force has left him. And and Archer is like carrying her. Yeah. And he is like uh, like transferred into a a different plane of existence. Like he's like in the clouds. Oh, okay. And he sees that God-like character that he saw earlier when he was almost about to die. Hallucinating. Yeah. And it turns out... Uh, this godlike character it's not god it's not jesus oh it's uh ivar aram's brother aram's brother and aram is armstrong oh so that's why armstrong has lived he's pretty much immortal oh this whole time ever since ancient mesopotamia he's lived and just gone about his life all these ages, it's the cost of almost every living thing on Earth at the time when uh, the boon was activated. And again, like he's kind of like being used now, uh, Archer is, by Ivar to stop this. And he's like almost like taking control of Archer and he punches the big glowing sphere in the boon to like stop it from like li- pretty much like killing the world again. Right, destroying the world. Um, This was Ivar's way to kind of, you know, get some retribution because it was his fault in the first place. Now this geomancer person that was like oh, like there to be like sacrifice or something. Yeah, he's like, you did it. Like I'm saved. The world is gonna be saved. And the boon monolith like falls down and like crushes him. <laughs> and he's uh, close to death already, but he knows he's he's gonna go. And um, Armstrong yells out like he he knew this geomancer guy like he was a friend. Right. Right. Is he's screaming out crap? <laughs> he's like, oh crap! Like he's about to die. I just saved him. He's about to die. I love the way they drew him here. It's just ridiculous. He's like crap. <laughs> Um, but pretty much everyone now is dead except Archer and Armstrong there. And the body of Mary Maria has like vanished. Oh, they thought like, you know, her life force was sucked out, but there is a, uh, last Easter egg as we see Mary Maria walk into the snow with white eyes, continuing on walking forward. It's like now she's the new like geomancer. I see. So that's how it ends. Kind of big revelation that this boon is not what everyone thinks it is, that it's going to grant ultimate power. Yeah. Like. It's actually, the will of the world. It is kind of powerful. It like, kills everybody. Yeah, yeah. Uh, somebody's maybe supposed to get immortal the way Aram Armstrong is. Right. But there's a cost, obviously. Yeah. Uh, that was pretty good because of the, like the, the way they, they had like the origin of it all, the mythology, mm-hmm. that was fun for me. I think it gets deeper too, as you go read on, um, we get more of his brother and maybe oh. the other brother and right. maybe even other siblings. There's more of them. Maybe. I, I don't want to ruin it, but like, I'm going to keep reading this book. I like it. I think it's unique because after all of this, like, you know, the backstory of all the Marvel stuff and the DC stuff, mm-hmm. having a, a third player in this, a connected 
Titan universe. It's kind of fun because there is a mention of the Vine, which is from Exo Manowar mm-hmm. and the Connected Universe. Yeah. It's another, it's a whole new universe you're discovering, believe it or not. <laughs> it's great. I love all the, the different parts of the sect, which is like the sect is like this underground organization that actually rules all of society, yeah. right? Yeah. But there's even amongst them, there's different like factions that are against each other. Kind of warring in a yeah. way. Yeah. And, like they're all after these pieces for the boon. And I want to see like more of those. Like I really like the the 1% group and their destiny guards. <laughs> that seemed, there's a lot of things just thrown out there that yeah. maybe don't sound like they fit together. Mm-hmm. But because it's so weird, it's fun. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then the fact that the main character is like this big immortal drunk guy and this kid that has like really not been around the world so he's like learning as he goes is that true like yeah. a like a like we said amish boy scout assassin though skilled yeah. and everything mm-hmm. and he's like learning everything for the first time right right uh like what other stuff is he not experienced he just had not had ice cream before you know exactly, what, what, right? what other fun could there be um, yeah, so I, I really enjoy the book. The humor in it is pretty good. Mm-hmm. I know Valiant has signed a deal for movies, right? Oh, they did? And oh, yeah. It's Vin supposed Diesel. to be, uh, they had a five movie plan. That would be Har- no Bloodshot, Harbinger, and then I think they would get like sequels, and then they would get like a crossover. Those two only? Those two, I think, just to start the Valiant universe. Uh, I'd rather see an Archer and Armstrong movie. I, I don't want to see this and the Exo Manowar. That was the best comic out of right. these four. Yeah. That's what I want to see. Yeah. So uh, it's weird that I, I, that's why I said like Bloodshot is their thing, like their guy, but it's not the 90s anymore. <laughs> right. That's not what sells. Well, it kind of does. It's Vin Diesel. He, I mean, he does a Fast and Furious. So maybe that's why they chose that. Because I mean, that they movie got came Vin. out and then no one can go to the theater anymore. So there was that. Too. Is that is it his fault? I'm not. Is it a coincidence? <laughs> <laughs> was it his fault? <laughs> um, who would you cast for these two? Do you have any idea? Um, for a while, I was like, do you know the kid? He might be too old already, but the guy that, you remember that movie, We Are the Millers? Yeah. He was a kid with the big <laughs> like, eyebrows. Like, he could be like a archer. That'd be pretty good. I yeah. think he was like in Maze Runner, if that says he's anything in, about yeah. like an action movie. Yeah, he's you know? a Maze Runner. Uh, maybe that could work. Uh, that's a pretty good pick. He's got a, a, got a unique look to him. Mm-hmm. Maybe David Harbour could be Armstrong. Or yeah. Is, or is that- Something like that. Is that the perfect choice? I don't know. Yeah. In the book, Armstrong's like this big- Big wide guy, yeah, right? burly looking guy. So I don't know if it's gonna match like that, but like maybe like a Gerard Butler or something. I was thinking that too. Um, yeah, I, I, maybe older, but also like drunken and uh, yeah, I could get see. Fights, though. <laughs> I could totally picture a drunk Gerard Butler. <laughs> That's not hard to picture. <laughs> But yeah, this is the first four issues. I totally want to keep reading. Uh, I love the lore of it. And it's hard to believe like this fits into the bigger Valiant universe because this is already pretty deep. Yeah. They're like building the world out that's supposed to be the underbelly of everything, like the sect. Mm-hmm. So if, does that eke out into everything else? I mean, Maybe. it should. Yeah. Right? It, it, from what I know of these other things already, a lot of like secret underground things already over there. How are they not overlapping? Right? Like, right. Yeah. It <laughs> like, has to. The aliens and all that, right? Yeah. Like how, how do they not know each other? Mm. I, I love the Valiant universe and there's plenty of more titles that we have to get into yeah um, Ninjack Shadow Man I've read some Shadow Man and you know considering the topic it's like superhero uh, dark magic type of stuff mm-hmm. it did a pretty good job of that I think it also culminates to like I think there's something like the Unity mm. and the, one of their big big crossover events is like the Book of Death yeah so I don't I have no idea what, with these events you usually get a general idea of what it is mm. I'd have no idea what 
these valiant events. Yeah. Right. So I, I need, I don't want to jump ahead. I want to keep reading like as it goes. So I know what's going on. Yeah. I think yeah. they maybe need work on their marketing because this stuff is good. Yeah. It's very good. I just can't get a big idea of what everything is right away. Right. Yeah. So at least I'm, I'm happy we completed the summer of valiant. Yeah. The finally. first four titles to come out from the rebooted valiant comics. Good pick. Yeah. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. How sure. would you rank this? The, the four. How would you rank the four? Uh, okay. I, I think I have it exactly. Exo Manowar, Archer and Armstrong, and then uh, Bloodshot, and then Harbinger. Harbinger's the bottom? I think so. Okay, yeah. I think we can agree Exo Manowar is probably the best one. Yeah. It's just kind of mashing two things together that don't yeah. make sense, but it's cool. Yeah. Well, this book was very good too. I enjoyed it. I hope you guys pick it up. Yeah. Uh, I think they're doing a good job at modernizing the stuff, mm-hmm. right? Even though it's, the orig- original stuff is, you know, feels like 90s stuff. It definitely does. <laughs> All right, uh, that is Archer and Armstrong. Hope you guys liked it. Let's get into our side stories. So you let me borrow your Switch last week. So that's been I've been uh, filling my time up with recently. Uh, there is a new Pokemon game coming out. Mm-hmm. All right, the free to play one. It's a, a MOBA. Do you okay? Can, do you know what a MOBA is? And if it's, you do, could you possibly explain it? Okay, MOBA. Uh, is it stands for something? The letters? I think it does, and okay. I have no idea what it is. Multiplayer online battle arena. That's pretty good is assumption. That? I I don't know. I okay, can't. Okay, okay, thank you. <laughs> well, I guess I'm right then. <laughs> Uh, but MOBAs, it's uh, basically like a five on five and everyone plays their own character that has like special powers. It's like a map top down view, kind of like two thirds view of the map. And you each have a base, each team, like two teams, right? Mm-hmm. And you're just trying to get to the other base uh, and score points by destroying their base. So what are like popular games of this variety? Uh, League of Legends is like the most popular, I think. Oh, okay. Like there's like a lot of money that goes into that. Uh, Dota 2 which uh, is like the harder one, the harder version uh, of it. I think it's made by Blizzard. And how does Pokemon stack up against those? Pokemon is, you know, the watered-down, kid-friendly oh. version of this, if you could believe it. Ah, oh, okay. But Pokemon's <laughs> so popular. Yeah, yeah. Pokemon Unite is this game. Pokemon, I think it's just like, the, it's such a big brand. Did you know it's the literally the biggest, most like money-filled uh, intellectual property? Pokemon? Yeah. Did you know that? It's the like literally. Are you sure? Yeah. Like more than like Star Wars. More, more than the, Star more Wars? More than Marvel. More than Marvel? Yeah, yeah. Pokemon. Pokemon, yeah. You didn't know that? Uh, they have a MOBA. Yeah. Well, all right. I'm going to vet this, but okay, continue. It is, it is. Uh, so, um, if you're wrong, man, I'm going to call it out. Fine. <laughs> you play, so you play as these Pokemon and you, um, basically you just try to fight off these other characters that are coming at trying to get your base and you try and uh, score points uh, at their towers. You get points by killing off characters. Not kill, like, they faint supposed because it's a kid-friendly game right they don't die but you kill these pokemon you get their energy Mm -hmm. and you score it by tossing it into like a a tower and once you score enough in the tower the tower goes down giving you a way to go to their base and score more points so yeah okay now i you're a bigger fan of pokemon than me sure but what i know about pokemon is they're animals and you capture them in a ball yeah there's no really capturing here so this breaks the lore of pokemon like the idea of pokebat battles or whatever poke battle yeah it's not a poke battle this, this is, is just almost like a skin well yeah totally it absolutely is that's, oh really okay. yeah that's what kind of mobas are it's just like there's no real it's not connected to pokemon battling there's they have moves like the moves the names that are in the game the yeah. moves i think are real pokemon moves that they have in the classic pokemon games of the your your reds your blues your golds your silvers those what those are the pokemon <laughs> games oh okay um and so those are real <laughs> 
your answer, please. Um, so those are real, and you know, you use your powers against the the, the different Pokemon to, to to get a to kill them out. Um, my favorite Pokemon's to use are like Poke uh, Pikachu, uh, Slowbro, and Slowbro. Cinder Ace. Do you know that one? That's no, like, that's like a brand new one. That's like this latest Pokemon uh, generation. Oh God! What's kind of cool is like as the game progresses, you level up, right? Uh huh. So you kind of start out as a lowest evolution of Pokemon, and as you gain levels through the game match they evolve and you oh, get bigger and so that is, that is part of the game that's part of the game yeah so there's there's some things that ties it together to the to the franchise and uh -huh. the lore of stuff but the idea is that you're a person that caught this pokemon and you're just having to go play a game real quick but you have five well there's it's each person is their own uh oh so pokemon. It's, like, yeah. it's it's a five players against five players oh okay okay yeah the whole thing so the thing is, MOBAs are, uh, it's like, there's like strategies to this, like like common strategies to MOBAs and how to inch out and win against the other team. And if you don't follow these strategies, it's kind of a toxic environment, the classic League of Legends type of thing. You're well, going to get berated. Describe a strategy. Well, um, one, one would think you could just like have three people go through this route and two people go through this route. And that's just like, you just, that's makes sense. You just split up in half and half, right? Because there's two routes. Okay. But actually you have to have one person that goes into the jungle which is <laughs> it's the jungle where there are pokemon there that are not players they're like npcs oh and gosh, you beat this... them to gain experience and that's like a common moba thing uh and those are like because each character has its own task its own objectives there's like the defender the attacker the support and then the jungler which is like a moba specific thing yeah you never heard of this before no Th these are like multi-millionaire uh franchises league of legends like you've seen you've seen i've tried league of legends and yeah i enjoyed it for fun but once it got competitive i was like i suck at this and i'm exactly the same way i just stuck up with it for like a little bit longer because oh. i'm not good at these i'm 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 self-proclaimed not good at mobas yeah yeah <laughs> I don't I don't get what I don't get about them for some reason. And it's the teamwork aspect. I think so. Part of it. I don't I don't want to follow the rules. Yeah. Oh man. Right. Because there is a right way to win it and I don't uh -huh. want to do it that way. So So you're saying is this like a watered down version of those more complex games? It might be because it's Pokemon. So I think it is diff it I think it is watered down. There's no like there's also like the item system that you're supposed mm -hmm. to buy items each time you die or go back to the base. Uh -huh. Um that's not really involved in this game so it is watered down it is watered down but it's maybe a little bit more complex than you'd initially think it is because people just get better in skill set um but i don't think it's ever going to get as complex as those other two uh do you think it'll get as big yeah just because you're gonna have a lot more kids just playing around with it hmm. maybe not as big but it won't phase out super fast because it's also a mobile game like a phone game oh eventually like like it's a mobile boba. Mobile mobile moba. Mobile moba. You got it through. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not on phone yet, but it's going to be. I think it's on PC I like now. Boba. Okay. <laughs> That also comes from Asia. <laughs> yeah, I'll take some of that. Moba Boba. Yeah. Uh, so with this game, I, I think I'm at the beginning stages of it, right? Because you kind of rank up. So okay. I'm not playing the best people even in the pool of players yet. So once I get to a high rank and I start playing these good people, I think I'm going to give up on it because I'm not going to be good enough. 
I'm expecting that because that's what usually happens with these MOBAs. I've tried a few, even more than those popular ones, and I never was able to stick with it because yeah. I just did not like it after a while. You, obviously, this is, again, your thing. Kind of. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, you know way more about it than me. Okay. Pokemon's very popular. I remember the shows was on all the time, and a lot of people talked about it. I remember the cards. Like, the cards now are, like, crazy. It's their own stock market now. Yeah, totally. Um, it's an asset. But why? It seems like they can't just make a fantastic Pokemon video game. I think it's just not your thing. I think they always have to put some gimmick in it that it's just kind of holds it back. Like, wh- I don't think why so. Why can't they just make a great adventure Pokemon game? Well, you know, there are actually some Pokemon games coming out, so... Like, why does it have to be like a MOBA or a Pokemon Snap? Why can't you just make a good Pokemon game well, that's, that's an adventure? You like make, a story game. They make those. You just don't play them. And they make these also. That's why they're the most uh, money-rich franchise. Why is this game... Like, I physically have to walk around and capture Pokemon on my phone. Like, oh, that one? <laughs> Uh, you know, there was like a big rule about like... I have to use my hands? Oh. You have to walk around Pokemon Go? <laughs> this is Back to the Future. What? Oh. Back to the Future 2? It's like- a kid's game. <laughs> Um, I'm a lot of you vet for these Pokemon games and I know they're not, you're not your thing but I just have the nostalgia for them but there's definitely like a generation where I just dropped off it was like the fourth one I don't know these Pokemon anymore <laughs> everything is like uh, you're the OG only absolutely How many- I, I remember when Pokemon was good <laughs> Pokemon was good yeah before it came out <laughs> how many Pokemon are there now? I don't know. There's no way. Really? There's no way I to thought, know. I thought, okay. Someone knows though, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think, I think you, there is a, is it like, there's a, oh, it's this thing called a Pokedex and it keeps track of them. The original was like, what, 100? Yeah, the original 100 Pokemon. I think 101 because of Mew. Uh, so you think Mew there's Mew. over 1,000 now? Oh, yeah. Yeah, really? I think so. How many Pokemon are in this game that you're talking about? Oh, it's like like 15 because oh, they have okay, to style. Disappointing. Because they have to like engineer the way the player uses the character right yeah. so some of them they're definitely past my generation I don't know this like I'm learning about this Pokemon for the first time playing this game because mm-hmm. it's like past my generation so they, they they pick the coolest ones because it's a smaller set like the most popular ones like there's one ninja frog one that was past my generation as its scarf is a tongue I think I saw that in the movie in the, oh, you watched the movie the, the Pikachu detective oh yeah I think it's the only Pokemon thing I actually kind of like detective Pikachu oh yeah what did I say you said Pokemon Pokemon Detective. <laughs> Pokemon Detective. That's not the same thing? No. I kind of like that because it, the CG is pretty good in it. Yeah, it's fun, right? Even just seeing them as like monsters, it's cool to see the yeah. effects of like a fire dragon fighting this right. yellow mouse. Yeah. Right. <laughs> is Pikachu a mouse? Yeah, he's the mouse Pokemon. Oh my gosh. I thought, okay. If I had to like relate him to a real animal, I would have thought like a Hamster? cat. Cat? I don't know. He looks like he has pointy ears. I don't know. I don't, I don't watch this. That's a Meowth. Meowth was cool. He was that he was the weirdest Pokemon because he's the one Pokemon that can speak English. Did you know that? And the other ones speak Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> he's the only one that can for some reason can speak human. Meowth reminds me of do you know the show of like junkyard cats? What? Like uh, aristocrats? Like Heath, Heathcliff and the junkyard cats. What the like hell that? are you talking okay, about? Never mind. Heathcliff's like from a, like Shakespeare. Eighties, nineties, like Saturday morning cartoon. I had no idea. Okay. Meowth was on there. It looks like he would have been on there. Okay. <laughs> Look it up later. <laughs> no idea what you're talking about. I'm talking about serious stuff like Pokemon. Okay, sorry. <laughs> but I'm liking my time with it. Like 
uh, I'm definitely in the mode where I'm, I'll play a game. They're really shorter games compared to the other versions. Oh, okay. And I'll play a game and I find myself like two hours later, I'm still playing it because it's, mm. it's it's addictive, but it's definitely the early easy stages for me right now. So you like, you think you're going to continue on? For now, because I think it's going to get hard. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I, It's both not my type of video game and not my thing that I'm into, so I don't think I'll get into it. Maybe you should try it to ease into MOBAs because it is the watered down one. Maybe. Make it's, a, it's just a game at the end of the day. Do you think they can make a Marvel MOBA? Yeah. I'm surprised. I think it exists. On oh, the, really? I think there's like a mobile phone game of that. I'm going to look that up. I, I think it I think it might be like a forthcoming. It's not out yet. Okay. Hmm. That yeah. could be interesting. I think it could be interesting too. Yeah. I'll check that out. Surprise you're still making MOBAs, honestly. But yeah, Pokemon Unite. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> the, I have high expectations for Pokemon nowadays. There's actually some other Pokemon games. Like I said, there's the classic ones. And there's one called Pokemon Arceus where they go back that? in time. What like it's Not time travel, but I mean, the story is back in the day. And I, I don't think you're catching them. I think it's like a story of- I've never Pokemon. heard of this at all. Yeah. Pokemon Arceus. And it's like ninja time. <laughs> Okay. Really? You never heard of it? Wow. No. Yeah. Big thing. I don't. I'm not on the pulse of Pokemon. It's just you know about a lot of video games, and that's that's one thing they should have announced. I mean, if I read it, I would instantly forget about it because it said Pokemon in the title. I believe that, <laughs> knowing you. <laughs> Anyways, Pokemon's on the brain. All right. Um. Anything else you want to say about it? No. I'll, maybe I'll give an update down the road if if I like it or not. Okay. Or you probably with it. come back tomorrow next week and be like, I'm not playing it anymore. I can believe that. Yeah. <laughs> just because people get good. <laughs> Um, all right. I have a side story I want to talk about of something that I very much love and is important to me. Uh, Let me see if you could guess what it is. Go ahead. Guess what I'm going to talk about. Right now? Yeah. It's something I love. It's kind of like a guilty pleasure and I talk about it on, in the past. The challenge. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it feels fast because <laughs> of the way you're leading me to it. MTV's challenge is back and it is my favorite show. Better than ever. Now it's serious. <laughs> MTV is a challenge is the best reality show, competitive reality show. It's better than Survivor. It's better than Big Brother and all those stupid shows because cast members return. Yeah, we know. Yeah. No other show really does that except if it's like a special season. But this one, cast members return. It's not like a whole new group every season. And that comes with like drama and baggage. It compounds. Yeah. And that's what makes every season better than the last because you screwed me over last season. I'm going to instantly in the first episode already i already have an agenda to knock you out right so that's why it's so much better than any other competitive show i forgot who said it but some sports analyst said this is like the fifth major sport in the u.s already it's that big of a deal are you serious yeah uh again it beats out baseball no american passport it's the fifth major sport but it is serious because the actual obstacles that they have to face every week are getting more and more extreme and more and more demanding. Do you think they're getting more dangerous or just difficult? Definitely more dangerous really, definitely? and more difficult. Yeah. Yeah. I, I believe difficult because they yeah. want to wrap things up. But actually, like, do you think people are getting more injured possibly? Yeah. Yeah. I'm seeing a lot more injuries. Okay. I think last season there was like at least two or three that like forced them to quit. Oh, Because really? they're injured. Yeah. They, they have to pay them. Huh? They should. They, well, should they only really pay the winner that's what I'm saying they should go to the very end make sure they get hurt so they don't have to pay them okay. <laughs> um, but it is my guilty pleasure wow it is the only reason I have cable <laughs> Is there any other reason to be an MTV? No, I don't watch anything on MTV except for Teen this. Mom. No. no. Well, sometimes I watch Jersey Shore. Oh, but, okay. Uh, <laughs> That's the VH1. Completely different. Well, now it's on VH1 because they're old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
but yeah, this season, for the past two seasons, their theme or their gimmick or their trend or whatever is they're going with like a spy theme. Why does that have to do with the challenge? How could they? Because every season has like a theme, right? Okay, it's not it's not heavy handed with the theming. It's just no, it's very heavy handed. What does that mean? <laughs> it's very heavy handed with the theming. Like, is everyone in like a, a suit and they have a gun in in their suit or something? And... In the first episode, they made everyone come in like really nice clothes <sighs> when they showed up to that the house that they have to live in. Three piece suits and yeah, dressed to the nines. They're just dressed like fancy dinner at least. Okay, right. And um, didn't expect that. Like the host is this extreme sports guy, TJ Lavin. Yeah, that's all I know him from is this these shows. He's more popular for this than anything he's done. I mean, yeah. When but, they uh, get big, they, these hosts get paid a lot. He's the host, but because the theme is like spy, he goes, "My name is TJ Lavin, and I'm your handler." <laughs> <laughs> If you love it, I do. Uh, if you your mission, should you choose to accept kinda, it? Same yeah. thing. And like when he gives uh, notices, like it's time for the competition, or whatever. Yeah, it's always like on a screen, and it's like tinted like blue or green. Like this is a secret message, like you're getting. This message will self destruct. <laughs> yeah. What? Um, but again, like because they're coming back, because they have things that happened to them in the past, they come in already with alliances, already with I'm planning to, I can't trust this person, I'm planning to knock them out or whatever. I see. So that can work into the you know the pseudo drama of them being spies already yeah. laying that that down. Yeah. There's already like people saying like I'm saying I'm aligning with them, but not really. So they're like, do you want to start an alliance? <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> now the the thing about this season is. Is they split it and they invited way more uh, other shows. Oh yeah, because they're eking into other shows and inviting them to be on the challenge. Yeah, not just people from the challenge. Yeah, so like half are former challenge people. Actually, less than half now. Oh. And then the other half are from like Survivor, Big Brother, some dating shows that I never seen. Some like just people that are British. Yeah, right. But not just those shows, but like from other countries, like right. Survivor, whatever, Nigeria. Really? Survivor, Romania, something like that. Those spin-off other country ones. Yeah. So oh. half of the contestants are international and half are American. They should get people from the talent shows like Susan Boyle. <laughs> Oh, that'd be good oh man um, not this season but last season they had like someone from you know the shows where it's like you want to become a wrestler what do you what is that like it's like, the... it's like a like ultimate fighter or something like that but for oh wrestling. yeah oh okay I think last season they had a, one, a, a guy that was wanting to be a wrestler that's pretty cool um, but anyway this season now is they split up the, the group right all the Americans and all like the international people oh they're getting racist with it yeah and all the international people majority of them like 99% of them have never done this have never done the challenge can they right? all speak english they all have to speak english okay yeah they cool. have thick accents but you can understand what they're saying that's right? crazy there's there's a disadvantage there but the way they do it is they partner up an american with a non-american i see i see what you're saying okay yeah. so there's no like team that's like two americans oh yeah okay and there's really no team where it's like they really know each other it's all like i've never i'm meeting you for the first time brand new person yeah okay so it's very interesting uh and then the way these shows are set up is every week there's an elimination two teams go up against each other losing team goes home right yeah uh and then typically it's like there's a weekly challenge winner of the weekly challenge that team gets to pick one team to send into elimination and the rest of the house they vote to send in the other team right i see pit them against each other okay yeah, yeah. the twist this season 
is the house will vote a team in. So those two team, those two people will go in, a guy yeah. and a girl. And then the people that won the weekly challenge, the people that get just to pick a team between themselves. They won, yeah. Yeah. They pick a, a team or they pick two people that don't have to be teams. Oh, you to go break in. up a team if you want. And the other team members that were not sent in but were paired with them, they work together now or what? No, they're kind of just left to the side for now to see what happens with the elimination. Interesting. So like you don't have to pick a couple that are, are teamed together. Like you don't have to pick partners. You could be like, I want to pick this strong guy that's on one team and this strong girl that's on another team to so maybe get them out of the maybe way get them out of the way and at least split up their group maybe they could split up their group okay yeah but it depends on if they win or lose yeah they, they might win or lose the elimination they might re- be returning to their original yeah. partners they could so let's say uh, a team that let's say the team that got picked like randomly like the the they picked from two different teams people they broke up yeah, yeah. let's say they won the elimination right? right they could either now form a new team between themselves Oh, they get the choice. They could do that. They could go back to their original partners, or they can just pick anyone else that's still reigning and form a new team with them. What? So now the strategy gets so much more complicated. Because it's almost like you might want to volunteer to get in to get a new partner or to break up other people. Yeah. Like if there's a strong team and you get the choice to join that team and split them up, you might do that. Or let's say there's, even if they're not strong, if they're part of a big alliance, I want to join that so they won't vote me in anymore so I can be part of that alliance. Like a lot, partner up with someone that's in a big alliance. Yeah. Because, yeah. But now also like alliances don't matter because they could pick they can, individuals. They can split that up anytime. Yeah. Oh. But that just adds another layer that it's like so hard to even strategize for this game. Huh. And it does. It does. I love the show. Make it hinky. Okay. Yeah. So good. You're smiling as you talk about this I, show. I want to watch it right now. It's a good show for me only because I have you to explain the drama yeah. and who's with who. There is definitely a learning curve if you just jump into it. Is this a good yeah. season for that or is it going to be a... So far, there's only been one episode. Oh. One episode and one like primer episode. Primer. <laughs> they do like episode zero. <laughs> they do these, these things at the end where they have like a, a whole meetup and people are dressed up and they just yeah. sat on a couch and talk about a panel, right? The reunion episode, yeah. Do they do that beforehand too now? Just no. to put more episodes in? Like, oh. you know, like the first episode used to be like them like going into the house for the first time. Yeah. And like partying and meeting everybody. Right. Now that is its own separate episode. <sighs> so there's a whole episode zero where they're doing that and not even doing like a, a challenge yet. They're just trying to milk it. Yeah. <laughs> this is MTV's number one show, I think. So it's like we need to stretch as much out of this as we can. Right. And they try to do spinoffs too. Because I know they do. Yeah. They do some where it's like half challenge people, half celebrities, semi-celebrities, I should say. They have like challenge versus pros, like professional athletes. And a lot of times the challenge people win because they know the game. They know the... Yeah. The professional athletes are not like... Conniving. They don't train to jump cars. Some of them do. But um, the show is great. And then because like the show has returning members, right? Yeah. It almost feels like there's like generations, right? Oh. And I feel like we are entering a new generation between last season and this season. So funny. You're like so enthralled. You can I, see, I, the, I can't, you can see the fabric of it all. Forget Game of Thrones. <laughs> this is the drama. This has the drama. You don't know who's going to survive. Yeah. <laughs> this has that, more dragons. <laughs> There's different houses. Yeah. House House West, House Bananas. Yeah, I'm serious. <laughs> it's so good. And I, I say like, um, this is entering a new generation because a lot of like the veterans, the, the stalwarts of the show. The stalwarts. They're, they're, 
they're kind of not in this season. Oh, they're kind of just getting old for it. It's because they've won. So it's like, let me take a break. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So now it's like a lot of people that haven't won and are hungry and are younger, a lot younger. Mm-hmm. So it's like, this is this is a good time to start. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Okay. There's not, never been a better time to get into the challenge. <laughs> season 40. <laughs> I think it's literally like season 37 or something like that. Because they overlap, right? Sometimes it's to- two a year. Oh, there's definitely like multiple a year. Yeah. That's so, yeah. oh my gosh. People just eat it up. Mm-hmm. And this is I on do. this is on music television channel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was watching it with uh, my dad, right? Yeah. And he goes, because the episodes are like two hours. Really? Yeah. I think the premiere is like two hours and regular episodes are like 90 minutes. It's a movie? Yeah. Wow. Because you laugh, you cry. <laughs> You have to have DVR. My dad was watching it with me. Yeah. And he goes like, the amount of time that they actually do the challenge True, on yeah. the show, yeah. it's like very small. <laughs> and I go like, because that's not the show. Them in the house yelling at each other, that's the show. <laughs> That's the sh- that's the challenge. That's the challenge. Right. That's what I want to see. Oh my god, he doesn't get it. I was like, no, that doesn't matter really. That's like a an obligation, <laughs> just so that we know who's in charge for the voting. Once we get into the voting and the backstabbing, now it starts. It's it's just the house of people. And you're just putting them on an obstacle course just to see what would happen. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's like putting a mouse on a track or something mm-hmm. in, a, in a maze. It's so good. Oh, my gosh. Is this the only reality show you watch on a constant basis? Yeah. yeah. Uh, regularly, yeah. This is the only one. This is, for me, still a show, like, scheduled viewing. Wow. This is a sit-down. Who down, does that the anymore? Time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I do this for that show. For the challenge. It's... And you rewatch episodes. Yeah. Wow. That's I so... need to catch the Easter eggs. <laughs> You remember that from uh, three seasons ago? The little dig she had <laughs> yeah. about him. You think he forgot about that? No, no. he didn't. It's <laughs> so yeah. good. Um, this is old, but there's a moment in the history of the challenge. The history of the challenge, okay. In the past 37 seasons. Yeah. Uh, the most famous cast member of the challenge is uh, Johnny Bananas. Is he? He's hands down the most famous. You could say CT is, gives him a run for his money, but Johnny Bananas was pretty much the face of the show for a long time. Is he the most winning? I think so. Yeah. At least the won the most seasons, but the money value has increased every season, so I don't know. Okay. Who has the biggest reward from it, right? Still, he might. But the biggest moment in his career is when he won with his partner, whose name is Sarah. Yeah. But the catch was like, because he had more points at the end of the season, it's like, you could either take all the money or split it with her. And he took all the money and left her with nothing. Wow. Well, it's as like much a, as she had before. <laughs> it's literally the biggest moment in challenge history, maybe reality history, TV show history. It's like in the biggest top. moment no, of reality. It's like the birth of Christ, yeah, the Holocaust, and okay. then like him stealing Sarah's money. <laughs> Those are like the three big things you'll take away from human history <laughs> biggest tv moment <laughs> it's definitely the biggest challenge moment it Big might bang. be one of the it's probably in top five like reality tv moments okay yeah but <laughs> that's how much money was it half a million a million i don't know exactly but i don't know if we're he, he to, definitely to took hundreds yet. of thousands of dollars away from her that's already enough yeah but anyway like recently i think it was like an anniversary of that moment yeah. oh, anniversary yeah and uh he, they were selling like autograph screenshots of it of the moment yeah yeah and i was gonna buy one. Oh my gosh <laughs> johnny bananas yeah it was like 20 bucks you gonna frame it and i was like oh, i kind of want this 
just for remembrance yeah. of the moment. Yeah. He already has that much money. About this. You know, he already has that much money. He doesn't need your $20. I'm just saying. It's so funny. That moment literally changed the game because like no one's going to do it first. No one would want to do that first. But since he's done it, there's people that have done it now again. Has anyone split it? Yeah, I'm sure oh. there's people that split it. And had it. the choice to split it to, or take it. Mm-hmm. I don't That's know. That's the question. I don't know. I don't know if they do that any, every season where they have the choice. I don't think they do. But last time they had the choice, someone took all of it. I know that. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they, those genuinely did not like each other as partners. Yeah. But the Johnny Bananas, was it like, he, was he just kind of just wanted the money? I mean, obviously he wanted the money, but it wasn't to get back at her. No, the season before, prior, she kind of did like a betrayal on him. I dig. Okay. Yeah. So in his eyes, it's like, we're even. <laughs> hundred thousands of dollars i mean kind of wow like she picked him to go in elimination the season before and he lost and he went home right like right before the final oh when he could have won yeah so. i see and they were like partners for a whole not partners show. but alliance the whole season oh yeah and then she was like right at the end she threw in him because he was the biggest competition wow so they're even do you think you could do that to somebody you were partners with for the whole show you're at the very end tj standing in front of you or on a mountain it's, it's a cold up here. dollar sale. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's. I would say it's really hard for me to do that. Unless, first off, I don't think I would win. <laughs> this is very hard. But uh, you'd have to really hate somebody. I think like you. Well, maybe not because he didn't hate her. I don't think I would have to hate them. You okay? You're more likely would take all the money. I think I would, and I would not go back on the next season. Like, but he went back to the show. Yeah, and showed his face. Yeah. I think I would take the money and just go about my merry way, but not go back on the show. The person that uh, he took the money from, Sarah, yeah. she never went back. I could believe it because all that effort, all that struggle. She's like, I wasted my time here. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't get paid besides that, right? No. Second place gets z- zero Zip. sometimes. Yeah. So not now. I think sometimes they get something, mm. but it's like very small compared to what. Like, first place gets like 450000 Second place gets like 50000 I think it's to get them. Yeah. Makes sense. So you're really pushing for first place. Yeah. But yeah, I know this episode's long, but the challenge is I have to talk about it. (laughs) There's hundreds of thousand dollars on the line. Um, I want to know if you guys like the challenge or if I'm I'm the only one watching (laughs) this. Uh, Let me know. Subscribe to the Reader Copy Podcast. And if you can, please leave us a review on our Apple Podcast page. So even if you don't listen to us on Apple, look for us there. So that way, uh, that's the best place like reviews help the podcast is on the Apple one. Right. Best way to get the word out about our podcast. We'd appreciate that greatly. Yeah. Um, Find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We're on all those social medias as at the Reader Copy Podcast. Podcast. Yeah, would you would you steal a hundred thousand dollars from someone from your partner that you've worked with for the entire season? Let us know. <laughs> yeah, if it was up to us right now, mm-hmm. I would just steal your half and never do another podcast with you. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> that, right. the dinner at Sizzler is going to be awkward. <laughs> I'll pay for it. I'll pay for it. Right. You better. <laughs> Salad bars on me. Oh, okay. All right. You want to hand with the outro? If you like what we had to say about the book, pick it up and read your copy. All right. See you later, guys. See ya.